Hey everybody and welcome to episode 503 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host Michael Raparez coming to you from the Matt Johnson Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. Mm. If you want it to be the U Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, go to patreon.com slash laser time and join us at the $20 level. Who's joining me now? Uh, 2016 Kanye, Chris Antis. And I'm just honored to make the list, Matthew Allen. I meant, uh, ah. by that I meant... I'm a genius, but people seem to keep thinking I'm anti-Semitic for some reason. I, I hope no one does. But it is our biggest show of the year. It was well, second the beginning. biggest oh, show of uh, the year. Second biggest show of the year. <laughs> this is our biggest. It's so big. It's a two-parter. Go, go. Games of the year for 2022. When we get together, not just the three of us, but a bunch of guests from across the industry who've been on this show, who are friends of the show, to talk about our 10 favorite games of the year. Now, as always, as I keep stressing on the show, this is not a definitive list. We are not GameSpot. We are not IGN. We do not play every game that comes out. We have some of their writers, and we do talk about outriders twice. I have no idea how it happened. True, true. Yes. Yeah, I don't don't know. that. I I thought that game came out years ago. Yeah, I thought it was done. Yeah. But it is it has been a very interesting year for games, for indie games especially. And uh, we we've got there's a lot of stuff that we want to talk about. So yeah, let's just dive straight in with our number ten. My Looks like another victory to the forces of good. Uh, if you can't guess what that is, we cannot be friends. Yeah, we're, you're probably not the demographic for the show. Goodbye, <laughs> Granny. Yeah, you're probably not listening to us. Yeah, what is what game is this? Shredder's Revenge? TMNT? Yes, yes. TMNT, Shredder's Revenge. Shredder's Revenge. And who is joining us for this segment? Uh, I'm a party dude. Also known as Anthony Evan. <laughs> Bruce Wayne Brady! Hello. Anthony, and, and where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter or Twitch at Bruce Wayne Brady, where I've actually streamed this very game several times Ooh. earlier this year. Oh, fun. wow. Yeah, this one was a lot of fun. And I can't think of another game that you guys like seemed as excited about or talked about quite as much as, as TMNT, or as I like to call it, April O'Neil kicks the entire Foot Clan's ass single-handedly. Yeah, how cool is that? Like, seven playable characters, one of which Casey Jones is unlocked. Uh, you can play as not only all four turtles, but also April or Splinter. You can play through the entire game as April if you want. The castaways. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, because mm-hmm. again, like castaways. my my Gilligan's Island. No, just but like, but like, <laughs> when we talk about our love of turtles, you know, we, the Cowabunga Collection obviously isn't. I love on, turtles. Isn't on here. Mm-hmm. I like turtles. Uh, but, but it's for me it has a, a ton to do with video games it was one of those phenomenons yeah. that was attacking me on all fronts as a kid and a major part of that was like right when I had abandoned almost everything I like for games Ninja Turtles had great games it wasn't just a great action figure it wasn't just a fun show it was they were great games and like sitting here 30 years later and seeing how well they hold up and that remaking a, like not remaking, but making a new one from scratch and the template of the old ones 
just amazing. It was it and, and like it brought us all <laughs> out of our shells, and we played. We, we <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, I boy. took that pause on purpose. Don't 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 delete it. We don't play games together much, but we did no. for this, and I did I did for several yeah. other old friends as well. Like, um, and as far as I know, like I remember talking to Adam, who runs an arcade. Like, you know, you plop like the original Ninja Turtles arcade game. It'll still make you money in 2022 if you wow because people our age like it. I almost called us old people. Uh, young kids like it. It's it's kind of the same experience, and this is just fairly enhanced and made wonderful on home consoles. But it was it could easily fit in an arcade cabinet, and I don't know that I could say that about any of the other games this year. I think that's ultimately what got it on the list for me because this is a bit of a controversial entry in that at first I was sort of fighting against including it because I and I think Chris was in a similar boat. I, I don't like, like tend, that it, it again well, it's, it's criticism I don't like being the nostalgia guys I do like rewarding yes. things that are new and innovative That's and right. things that surprise us and that we've never seen before and that deserve being championed and you know in terms of expectations like I don't know that Shredder's Revenge like surpassed my expectations it just kind of no it, it actually if anything it did exactly what i expected yeah. it to it just uh. did it so well that it like michael said like this was the only game we got excited to be like we all need to play this when it comes yeah. out play it together and i guess that's why it made the list for me is like hey so i grew up near a straw hat pizza it's not a very big chain but you know it's kind of like a shakey's or, or run by the straw hat pirates got that's right that's right yeah, yeah i think uh, I, beat, I mean I it's probably been going as long as that show um, but I would grow up going to that place and they had the team in arcade machine and I would play that, play the hell out of that thing with my friends. And this game just brought me immediately back to like, whatever that was, sixth, seventh grade when I was playing that. And it's like, that was the vibe it gave off. Like it, it, it knows what it's going for and it does it exceptionally well where it is worth rewarding to be like, yeah, this thing is, it does what I, what I talk about, like, uh, shovel games like shovel Knight do, which is like. It makes you, it reminds you of playing those games in, in, in your head, how those games look, where if you go back and play those old games, they don't look as good as this game looks, anywhere near as good as this game looks, mm. and they don't control as good as this game controls and stuff, but it, like, gives you that nostalgia vibe as if, you know, it's what you've been playing over and over in your head since you were a kid, yeah, you know? Yeah, and also, this is the, probably the best experience you can have this year, playing online with five friends at once on the same team. Yeah. I know that's, that's sort of my uh, it's not a slam against the game it's just that like it's a kinder version of the arcade game and there's like there is there is more nuance to it than Turtles in Time like what I think we'll acknowledge mm -hmm. is the last Turtles uh, classic Turtles game but you know, it's kind of button mashy sometimes, and but it, it, it sort of didn't matter just because, like, I remember how excited I was as a as a youngling to see pe like characters from the show, and then we played this, and like, dude, these are very vague memories now, like obscure obscure characters, characters uh, yeah. deep cut action figure, characters. yeah, like, I, yeah, 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 like well, Wing yeah. Nut and Screws, yeah, yeah, you're, you and and Archie comics too, and you're you're making me realize that like for me, Ninja Turtles, like 
the the video games were the fandom for a long yeah, time. Like totally. long after I'd lost interest in the TV show, the toys, mm-hmm. the comics, the movies. The, the movies. Oh god, the movies got so bad. Yeah, Tur- Turtles uh, in Time follows like when I was out of Turtles in any other medium, I was still there with games. Well, if you, I don't know if y'all remember the last time that they made a kind of an attempt at this was on PS3 360, right? There was kind of a remake of the Re-shelled. arcade game. Yeah. Well, it's one of those is, is delisted now. I still have my PS3. Ha- have it on my account. Played it before this came out. And I think it was two players, you know, if you could play online. And I remember that game was also pretty fucking tough. Like, I don't think I even got through the whole game, even playing with a friend online. Mm-hmm. And this game, I know at least one, at one point, we had six people playing together, co-op. And it was chaotic, but it was fun as shit. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think it was like the Scott Pilgrim devs worked on this game. And yeah, it, yeah. You know, it feels so good, like the old school arcade, like beat 'em ups. But there's like April, and certain characters have. I mean, it gets into like fighting game stuff. I remember seeing people in my timeline doing combo juggle moves with April, <laughs> talking about look at all the air juggles and stuff she can do, and wall bounces with yep. her camera and shit. And people start finding different ways to even play this game. My my one criticism of the game, and it's something when Michael played that clip, I'm like, well, that's not realistic. Because if it was really people playing that game together, we figured out, like, the loop is just do that taunt until it charges up your special ability and just yep. do your special. Mm-hmm. And then, like, leave leave the, leave the fight, like, go to a corner of the screen, do your taunt enough to charge your ability, and then come back in, do your special, rinse, repeat. Like, we by the end of the game, all that's all we were doing. And it was like every two seconds you would hear someone's taunt go off. It was so annoying. Yeah, but Donatello was playing the Game Boy and everyone else was beating up on, on someone on the other side of the screen. Pretty much, pretty mm. much. I do appreciate that it kept some of the, the cool touches from the original arcade games, like mm-hmm. uh, what happens if you fall into a manhole. You gotta be careful. Really do. Everybody kind of has their own little thing. Really like, you gotta be careful. The minute the minute I saw someone throw a foot soldier at the screen, at I the was screen, so happy. Uh, so good. And, and have it crack a little bit, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They actually, and then they incorporate that into one of the boss fights. Like, that's what's cool. Just, you have to do that to get the dude... On the screen, so you could beat his ass. It's mm-hmm. a nice yeah. little touch. I think Turtles also it kind of works in both ways, right? Of course, it's nostalgia because you know us here talking about it. We were in that arcade time period, growing up watching the show, playing the games. But also, Turtles kind of is so cyclical and so still in pop culture in different iterations. I yeah. feel like this game works for any one of any age who's right. a Turtles fan just playing it. Yeah. But mm-hmm. also, clearly for those of us to remember, like yeah. Throwing the foot soldiers at the arcade or at the TV screen is not a new thing. And just seeing that makes us as happy as, like, some kid who's watching some new version on Nickelodeon. Right I mean, it, it's one of those joyous things because, like, I don't know. I know I'm a broken record, but, like, we were kind of, I'm not going to make Anthony seem old. Michael, Matt, and I were kind of there for the beginning of games. Like, we're born into the Atari mate. What? Well, we were. Because we're the same age, so it's all good. We were. We, <laughs> are we? I, I was raised in the darkness. Yeah. I was raised. <laughs> we're doing like, the that's the thing. Like, there, there's no one you've ever met who loves film who was there when film started. And we kind of were. And so when I say like, oh, kids, these arcade games are so cool. And like, it's nice to see that they, yeah, they were. And and I don't know that you could show someone like a Buster Keaton kinescope and like entertain a child or a teenager or a millennial or a a Gen Xer. But like these arcade games have the power to do that. And I'm only saying that because like, I think, what were we talking like? If you wanted to play the TMNT arcade games... You had to buy an arcade one up for like six hundred dollars. That's how you yeah. officially and legally are, can play these games. In, if there wasn't a Shredder's Revenge, 
Yeah, because there was uh, a there was a good officially one. And right, legal. right. You, you can buy, there was that old PS2. I forget which one. One of the PS2 PS Xbox games there, had them. Unlockable. I thought I thought there was a good one on 360 that was just the arcade. It was it was around when Xbox it was, it was but it's delisted. Yeah, yeah. I think that was what I was, I was mentioning earlier. It's, yeah, it's delisted. Yeah. No, no, no. It, it, yeah, the TMNT arcade game was on 360. It's delisted. Uh, right. Yeah. So, the, so yeah. there's no way and to this, do that outside now... of 600 bucks. So, I mean, for anybody who doesn't want to spend 600 bucks on the experience, I think I speak for everyone here. We didn't pay a single additional farthing for this game. It just showed up on our. That was on part of Game Pass. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and now, if you noise. if you want the arcade game, you, you buy the Cowbunga Collection. It's on there. Yeah. And yeah. actually, they just added. They're still adding. They just patched it with online support for like the SNES version of Turtles in Time for yeah. that Cowbunga collection. Wow. And I, I do bring that up just because it was so weird. Like, we were so excited for this, and then they announced Cowabunga Collection. I'm like, what the... Why is it just like we're getting, like, a huge thing of turtles all at one time? Like, it would have been nice to space these out. I, that's what bit, I don't you know, know, because, like, I, I always... Again, this is me as Chris the podcaster, afraid of being pigeonholed as Captain Nostalgia, and that's all that matters. You know, I like experiencing new things, too, and I like the new turtles that Nickelodeon has put out, the two of them, but I think... Nickelodeon isn't really doing anything new with the Turtles at this moment. It is just capitalizing off of nostalgia. And when you, it's, it was interesting that two years ago, you go into a Target and you could buy, you know, what would you call it? The, not Mirage. Who the fuck made that show? Uh, the, the Ninja Turtles cart, original 87 cartoon characters on pajama oh, yeah. pants. And you could buy Rise of the Ninja Turtles, the new Ninja Turtles design where Raph is a big giant monster. Uh, but that's mm. sort of disappeared, and it's just the nostalgia, up to and including the movie stuff. Also, I, I can't I can't let us talk about this game without giving a mention to how amazing the soundtrack is, so and good. the fact that there's a Wu Tang song in here yeah. that is oh, so, yeah, oh my yeah, god, yeah. <laughs> it's so old school. It's such an old school thing of having a song. It's like when you have like at the time where there were songs in the movie, and it tells you what's happening in the movie. And there's a, a part in this game where you're having a boss fight, and then this Wu Tang song kicks in, and it's about the turtles, and they're rapping about the turtles. It's and so to me, good that it's puts the so game good. over the top. Yeah. And I was but it's so it's like fun. from Shredder's point of view, also. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Now I'm here to beat you with full force. Mess up your facial features. I still have beast. I'm selling all your little seasons. All y'all stuff your face with is pizza. Pizza crack like a hardball egg on Easter. Easter. See these muscles on me? I could beat your teacher. I defeat Leonardo. Y'all become the weakest. I take off all of your mass and dismantle your features. But I just I just assumed they they would have gotten the turtle power guys to get out of their wheelchairs and record a new song and, and yeah. <laughs> throw them a couple of dollars and just throw that song on there. Yeah. And that's the thing is is. We're such old heads, like that seemed cool to us. I wonder though if the kids think that was just totally cringe to have a rock I song. I do, I do worry about battle. like, because I, I, part of me loves talking about the turtles because like no matter what we're paying attention to, it's still usually relevant. Um, mm. But I think we are in a weird period where like it is the old stuff that is keeping everything afloat, and whatever the Seth mm. Rogen movie is that's coming. But I think the overall vibe of this game is it's clearly a new game mm. with an old yes. school style, yes, right? Yes. And and I'm, what I'm wondering is. If anyone who played this wasn't around for like the older games, if this made them more interested when the Calabunga collection came out to like go dip into those games, because this did come out earlier in the year before that collection. That's so. true. It did. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, also, I should say that's the Calabunga collection. I didn't buy even at the Black Friday price for nineteen ninety nine, which I. The, uh, but that is one of my friend. Our plan over the Christmas break, we are just going to. Gorge ourselves, get high, drunk, and play through every single thing two-player in the Calabunga collection. Everything in a row. 
that's our plan. And yeah, I'm so, uh, so I'm, I've never been so excited for something so fucking losery. And <laughs> that sounds fun as shit. What are you talking? Yeah, about? that's uh, well. Yeah. I mean, this game does add like, a bunch of modern touches. Of course, what's more modern than collectibles? It's about time. My tapes are priceless. Yeah, remember remember the fun of going around and gathering up Vernon's uh, porn no! VHS tapes. No, <laughs> Vernon, I don't. I, yeah. I I couldn't have named at all him and like was it Emma? Is it what's that girl's name? The Wiener Girl. Oh yeah, the, uh, the, the one with the glasses. Yeah, she's not mm-hmm. Annie Potts yeah. from Ghostbusters, but you know, they're Irma related. Or something. Irma. Yeah. Irma. There mm-hmm. it is. I think I think April's boss is like a character you find yes. in one of the stages mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're all from like specifically like from the cartoon. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it just shows you where they, you know, where they put the license money. Screw you, Eastman and Laird. <laughs> We're giving the money to the cartoon people. Uh, you want to fight Bebop and Rocksteady and, and Super Shredder and Crane? Mm-hmm. Of course. I mean, I mean you, you, you want something it. closer to the original comics? Go back and play like the early two thousands Konami brawlers that were based on like that second TV show. I love that. Take that out of context and like Twitter and Facebook just to make Michael sound meaner. You want that <laughs> shit? Go to fucking the cop. <laughs> yeah, sure. I love that even even the stages are like you know like you're fighting through a mall in the food court in the arcade and even in mm-hmm. the arcade's got that old ass carpet that I remember I remember yeah. arcade having you know yeah which I, yeah. I look for for like putting under my uh, Ninja Turtles arcade machine you know the one I got during the pandemic for a hundred dollars that has been mm-hmm. touched and doesn't work on two sides yeah. gross it's covered in COVID dust. <laughs> it's a fantastic game. I think this is some of the most fun we had together not recording a show uh, this year. So, there, there's there's only two games, I think, three games on this list that mm-hmm. somehow enforce togetherness. And, and this is one of them. It really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, in our game of the year list. Uh, I, I love saying that about it. Togetherness. Yeah. This, this is a lot of fun. I love. I love that they added the dodge button. It's just as long as you're not annoyed by somebody shouting out a catchphrase every 45 seconds. Yeah, it's, <laughs> well, I think it's a fantastically put together brawler that feels a lot like an evolution of that that Scott Pilgrim game, uh, with like the overworld map and everything else, and, and you can revisit stages and find hidden items and stuff like that. It does feel a little bit like you guys are projecting a lot of like just the original games onto it. No, no, I, I, but, I am, I am, but but I'm also like. If you compare it to something like Scott Pilgrim or Streets of Rage 4, those games did offer a lot more of a challenge and a lot Mm. more reasons to play it longer. Whereas this was just like, you know, I played it two and a half times to show people like, look how cool this is. Well, I think I think it's a lot easier. Like once you've leveled up those characters mm-hmm. and unlocked all the abilities, uh, I, f- I feel like when we were playing early on, we got our asses kicked a lot. Did we? And, see, d- definitely, definitely. Yeah. The more people you play with, because I started playing unload just to jump into it, and it was like, wow, I'm kind of struggling with some of these boss fights. But then, you know, we have had anywhere from three to four, and at one point, we did have a full six person team, which was that's chaos. insane. I can't oh, think wow. of another. Yeah. I can't think of another game right now that you can play a six-person co-op in. No. Yeah. I, mean, I remember trying to like do the nine-person smash thing and like, this is ridiculous. Like You can't see or yeah. hear anything. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. Just non-stop explosions and effects. Mm-hmm. I can't tell if it's an age thing with me or not, but I like I definitely like lose my character in crowds yep. of stuff in games mm-hmm. a lot more mm-hmm. lately. Yep. <laughs> it's like, where'd I go? Oh, there. I, I, that happened to me a lot during Cult of the Lamb. I'd just be like, you know, rolling out of danger and like, where am I? I? Am. Okay, it's where the, the one where things on screen are dying. I'm yeah. Matt. There I am, the giant monster. <laughs> right. 
All right. But yes, TMNT, Shredder's Revenge. Fucking awesome. We loved it. It made our top ten. Hooray! Uh, uh, don't you mean Cowbunga? Come on. No. <laughs> hooray! Oh, they don't say oh. hooray. Just say, just say Wu-Tang. Say Wu-Tang. Yeah, Wu-Tang forever. Wu-Tang is for the children. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's move along to... Number nine. You seem like a calm and reasonable person. Are you? A calm and reasonable person. If the moment calls for calm, I'd say the moment calls for calm. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, naturalistic dialogue. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they, voice, they were like yeah, having a competition. Who could go deeper in that scene? It is. It is a little Thanos. Do you certainly it? feel like big, strong? It, it, it's very Thanos. <laughs> it, it sounds like Josh Brolin every time I hear that performance of yeah. Thor, which is such an interesting choice in God of War Ragnarok. Right. Yes. The more interesting choice is getting Toby from the West Wing to play. <laughs> yeah, to play. To play. Not Odin. just his voice, but his face. I, I have a I have a great clip of him, but before we get to that, who is joining us oh. for this segment? Straight from the halls of Asgard, I'm Anthony Abbott. And who else? Contemplating guy from Greece, uh, I'm T.L. Foster. <laughs> uh, uh, you may know me from other podcasts like Welcome to the Thing okay. and uh, Live from the Pool House. That's what I do. I'm, I'm, I guess, a podcaster again, as as my parents oh. have inter- introduced me at, at Thanksgiving dinners now. <laughs> this is my podcast. It's been very weird lately. Mm. Welcome to the thing sounds like the name of a show someone's trying to remember. Like, you know, would you stop listening? Yeah, what is that? That welcome to yeah. the thing or whatever? I mean, that's what the show is. It is just a conversation. <laughs> you can so. have the Hanna-Barbera uh, Ben Grimm open it up with, Thing ring, do your thing. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> Ving Rames, do your thing? Hell yeah. yeah. I, 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 I Honestly, when that. you said contemplative guy from Greece, I my first thought was the musical Greece. Oh. Like, <laughs> I want. First thought was that Galifianakis. What's wrong with me? Yeah. Well, we, we all know Kanicki, very contemplative. You know, he's got a lot on his mind. Yeah. He thought he got that girl pregnant, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Freya, Freya is really mad because she's a beauty school dropout. I just couldn't say. finish her last, <laughs> last bit. That was that Pinky. Look, that was the other girl. Look, I know Greece, all right, fellas. Uh, let's say that little girl, that no, that little baby that nobody liked turned out to be Atreus. <laughs> <laughs> Grew up to be Loki and spent this entire game trying to figure out what Loki means and is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, what's my role? What am I supposed to do? What like, am I fighting for? We're all asking ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> which and, which and is one even, of the... Even uh, Odin... Who, what's the name of the actor? Toby from the West Wing? I for, Richard can't call him that. Something. Uh, Here he is giving a bravura performance as Odin. You know what drives me? What I really want? I want answers. Same as you. See, mortals have it easy. When they push up against life's big questions, they can look to us. To give them meaning, divine comfort. <laughs> we both know that's a sham. But when we have questions, why are we here? To give meaning to mortals while living without it ourselves? No. I'm more than that. And I found something that proves it. That's an interesting way of looking at godhood. Like, wait, what? what, what a, I don't know the answers. Why am I here? Why do no. I have well, that's very more. much like the the Greek pantheon and then the Norse pantheon of gods. Is they're like 
Mm-hmm. They're not gods as we think of them. But man, what a Schiffy performance! Because that's Richard Schiff. That's the yeah. name Richard we were trying Schiff. To. Thank you. I was going to yeah. say kind, but I knew that's not right. I know who Richard Kind <laughs> <No>. is. <laughs> um, but uh, this game does make so many interesting choices, both in terms of casting, like that, but just like. Mm-hmm what it does with the pantheon so like michael mentioned like loki that's the big i guess spoiler from 2018's god of war is atreus is loki in real norse mythology he knows exactly who he is and what he's doing and he's he's a little trickster guy versus in this game it's like yeah atreus is trying to find himself and he thinks he has this destiny now and, and like half the game is him trying to figure it out while like his you know meanwhile kratos is like slow down it's very, very yeah. much a parent moment. Just slow down. Just stop. You don't do have something. to go to war just because it said so on a wall. Right. Running yeah. in Valhalla. It's also kind yeah. of nice that from 2018, they kept not only the same Christopher Judge and Kratos, but the same actor that played Atreus. And mm. that actor naturally aged, you know, over the past, what, four yeah. years, five years right. of production? Yeah. yeah. So I didn't realize when I heard that voice that that was the same actor and had to look it up. But it makes sense that it, that oh, person yeah. aged with the character in real yeah. time. Uh, that's Sonny Sonny Soldier, and he like especially like this game is a lot of Atreus, and because yeah. it is Atreus like trying to figure out who is Loki. Like you said, it's like who is Loki, who is Atreus, and like him going through it, and like as a video game performance. Like I know Christopher Judge won like the the Game Awards award, but Sonny's Atreus is also really good. And, like, yeah. that's, it's yeah. very hard, especially, like, when you're looking at, like, a child actor growing up and growing up into a role. But he just gets that role really well. Like, uh, Atreus is just done really well. A lot of the characters um, in this game are really well, like, uh, like because they go into more, like, the Heimdall. Like, when you meet Heimdall, like, Heimdall's such a, like, a little shit, which is very weird. And that's what's been really kind of cool of playing yeah. this game and like coming from the Marvel pantheon of what North mm. mythology is yeah. to well, that, yeah, this that Thor performance at the beginning is like, yeah, we're so used to like, Hey, I'm Thor. I'm big. I'm boisterous. I'm the muscular one. And then this Thor is just like menacing, you know? And yeah. it's yeah. Yeah. the way he's described in this, in, in Norse mythology is he's a dude who, who acts before he thinks he's headstrong. He's, he's, he lashes out, which is weird. Cause at first you're like, well, this guy seems really low key for Thor until okay. you see him lash out. And then it's like, ah. yeah. yeah. Uh, and one even, of my, even though he, scenes. even though he looks like the ghost of Christmas present from the Muppet Christmas. Oh uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He yeah. Kind of does. yeah. But uh, I did grab the audio from one of my favorite scenes from Thor early on yeah. here. You think you can come here, become a daddy, get a clean slate? That ain't how it works. You're a destroyer, like me. Oh, no. I say when we're done. I'm not leaving till I see the real Get up! Such a great bit where he, yeah, you think it, it's a fake out death where it goes to the death loading screen and everything, and then he's like, uh uh-uh, uh, nope, and he mm-hmm. shocks you back away. Yeah. It's it's very, um, and I'm trying to, because like, I know there's people who, who haven't beaten the, the game, mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm trying to think, but I, I really do think they are doing a very intentional thing of showing you the differences of personality between Thor and Kratos. And I think that's that's one of the more interesting things. Like, this is a game of parallels. 
Uh, that I was going to really, say, really I think it's great. more comparing yeah. them. It's it's basically saying, yeah. Yeah, we're the same guy. We just kill everything in our path, and that's to, to our detriment at times. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And like especially like when you look at like the the historical like look of Thor and like Kratos like are kind of the same thing because like Thor was like hey I just like slaughtering giants that's what I do and like you know look at Kratos what his last game was like well I kill gods and like when you're doing this and you have a game of like Kratos kind of just trying to like live a normal life um it's just a, it, it it does such a really good job of like subverting that right and it mm. I don't know mm. it's it's a really really it's really, really good, and also the game just feels really good. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've talked about it before. Like, it took me a second for God of War 2018 to click, but when it did, it went right through. With Thor Ragnarok, like, it just felt like going back in that same pool and, like, having that click, like, having that sensation over me early and mm -hmm. prolonged throughout the game. So I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah the, yeah, the game does actually a very admirable job of kind of picking up right where 2018 left off, but also recognizing it's been four years since people played that game, so we do have to onboard you. But, like, it it feels like you hit the ground running in this the one. exact like, same yeah. opening sequence for the most part. It, very similar yeah. opening yeah. sequence, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but but wolves this time, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can I, can I, I, I didn't vote for this game because I find this game elegantly boring and i i feel like it's the way people will end up describing something like avatar like you can't deny the amount of elbow grease polish and expertise that went into this but i was so bored so bored did you like did you like 2018 at all? i did it just i kept getting to this point where like man this is boring <laughs> and i know i need to get past that and i just not well, i i hate to say i i've i've said it to you guys off mic as well i'm like yeah it's it's weird it's just like i think that's why it's one of these games that is hard for me to go back to is there's some tedium to it there there's something about it where i'm just like i would i kept getting distracted by other games it's like well i, I better go finish cult of the lamb you know that, that kind of thing yeah. versus yeah. play this game and it's well, well it is like and, and you mentioned it to me it's like oh are you getting distracted too and like well no i have to play a bunch of different games for the show yeah but right. I, I think in in my case you know what i keep coming back to is like I love this game while I'm playing it. It is it is like eating a pi big pile of candy. You know, I can't get enough of it. And then when I'm not playing it, I don't feel like the 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 pull that I feel with yeah. a lot of other games that I love. Like, oh, I, I have to go back and see what's next. I'm so excited to see what's next. Like, I'm not getting that. And but then I, you know, of course, I'm excited to see it while I'm playing. But I, I don't know. And I've talked to other people who say. Like, yeah, that isn't that weird? I think it, it's, it's something we talked about with the Callisto Protocol, where it's like, it's got this immaculate, like, 2012 thing going on. Where, like, it's a, a different sure. kind of game, and it's just, like, for me, because, like, the you know, there's nothing crazy new. It's just difficult to get really excited for. Yeah, for me, well, it's it's more about their momentum, mm, right? Like both games are like Callisto Protocols, like this way too. It's like when you're playing them, they have incredible momentum in that moment, right? But if yeah. you have to take yourself out of that momentum, and I've described this game to you guys before, as like, yeah, these are big dumb Disney rides, mm. right? Where like, yeah, if you if you were to try mm -hmm. to pause Pirates of the Caribbean, get off, and then come back a few days later and and start playing again, like there's there's just something that doesn't you were you know, on ho doesn't ho? feel good about that, <laughs> right? 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 Yeah. Uh, we wants the who the redhead. Yeah, okay, sure. Like yeah, everything, everything I, I, I touched will... that wasn't this had some exciting new thing, and this didn't have that exciting new thing. 
it's very yeah. I will no that that's fair that's yeah. fair I will say like I don't think it's it does anything like I, I think when you look at 2018 I think because you don't end up with you know the chains of Olympus like you don't have that weapon right. like you're, you're it, it feels like you're doing a completely different thing and this does kind of yeah. like you said puts you back in that mindset of 2018 I would say to me the thing that resonated with me more than the earlier like the start of 2018 mm-hmm. with 2018 i had no resonance or no care for the story mm-hmm. so it was just like that slog you guys are feeling is how i felt before i got to l5 it was like oh wait this is actually a real game like oh mm-hmm. like this mm-hmm. story's gotten in like narratively like this story from where it ended in 2018 to where you are now like they were able to kind of like open it with a lot going on right like like dealing with Thor, but also dealing with Odin, and then like the search for Tyr, and then like as you progress on, like for me, once I started hitting those story beats, it became less of like, okay, well it's a chore for me. It was like, okay, I'm thinking about this because what's going on? And there's like a mm-hmm. lot of like I'm trying to be very vague because there are a lot of twists in terms where I think like narratively this game does something that completely outshines what it did in 2018, as That's well fair. as does a great job of if you were someone who played god of war originally to now it does a great job of connecting everything Mm -hmm. together and i think that's where it really hit me like when they were kind of doing like stuff like yeah we didn't forget about the games that were on the ps2 those are those stories are also important to kratos Mm -hmm. while we're also Mm -hmm. telling the story of atreus like it is such a like once you start getting those beats, you're you're starting like you said, it's like that ride. You're like, okay, now we're on the downside. Now you're like, okay, I do want to come back and, and get back in and check that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this yeah. game this game's kept me going in two different ways. Like what everything Till is saying from the story perspective, like I keep hitting these moments where there's a lot of things with the different character interactions, different character relationships that constantly shift and change throughout the story. And every time you kind of think you know what's kind of going on with certain people certain characters Mm -hmm. something happens in a way that makes a lot of sense for why they would make these shifts and changes and it keeps me kind of guessing and then from the gameplay perspective i play a lot of action heavy games i was playing bayonetta 3 before god of war and i wanted to finish bayonetta before i jumped into this because i knew once i got into this combat this combat is so different i didn't want to you know confuse my buttons and things Mm -hmm. but because of that i was glad i kind of took that time to just focus on this game because the stories keep me going. And even mm-hmm. when I have side quests that I'm liking, even the side quests, I'll dip off and do something on the side because I actually like the gameplay so much. So every little element is keeping yeah. me just going all the way. And I kind of don't want to play anything else while I'm playing Ragnarok. And, you know, I've got other games like, well, I'll get to those when when this is, like, when this story is complete. But it's, I don't know, I like 2018 for a lot of reasons uh, that a lot of other people did. And this one, to me, just kind of story-wise, I, I felt it was kind of the thing that was the change that I think was a little bit, you know, of what kept me going. I, I can see mm-hmm. combat-wise there's not much new, but... Um, there's I, I not much like... new, but the, the new stuff that's there, and I had this complaint. I want to see... You guys have obviously played more than I have, I, although I looked... It's my second most played of the game of, game of the year on P- PlayStation. I played 23 hours of it, so it's not like I, I haven't played much of this game, but, like, mm. what I, I got to a point later in the game, I was trying to describe to Michael... He's like, well, the enemies go down pretty easily. I'm like, see, the problem is, like, as you get later into the game, the enemies are harder to kill, and the way the combat, they train you 
you're really supposed to be managing your cooldowns. You're supposed to be using your runic yeah. powers as yeah. they come up. You're supposed to you, be managing... You were talking about having to manage multiple cooldowns. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I hit things with an axe and then they, they die. Yeah. But like <laughs> later in the game, you do have to like utilize your, your companion character's powers and stuff. Where yes. It becomes this thing of juggling cooldowns. And that's what I was just like, man... I don't want to have to do this. Maybe I should just change difficulty to easy just to, you know, breeze through this combat because it's like, I didn't want it. I'm on my dumb Disney ride. Don't make me fucking think. Don't make me tell you the history of the Jungle Cruise when I'm on there. Just let me go through the Jungle Cruise. See, the only but, times I the only times I felt I was pulled off my Disney ride was sometimes when I got stuck on a puzzle. I'd give sure. puzzles a good, well, a good yeah. 10 or 15 minutes. The solution. Listen, y'all, I'm, I'm terrible at puzzles and sometimes, sometimes NPCs would tell me stuff and I'm like, I just walked into the room. Are you right. telling me to look over right. here and i just walked in the door i yeah. i love the online commentary about that which is like this developer was so afraid that people wouldn't solve their puzzles it's like why'd you put them in the game if you're if your fear <laughs> mm-hmm. is that people won't solve this thing i put in the game then don't put it in the game but like you were just like yeah. here's the solution you've been sitting here for five seconds what the fuck is wrong with you idiot it's this <laughs> look up at this and you're like okay you're is have a... you tried not being an idiot <laughs> there it's is like, a what? setting in this game to get it to give you hints less often like there's literally something where you have to turn that down yeah mm-hmm. but i mean yeah. i i i to me i just i found the combat engaging for me like when i want to play but like mm-hmm. and also like the game i i play madden like when i when i just don't want to think about something i play mm-hmm. an actual bad game right so like when i'm playing like i do want to sit down and look and see like okay well if i need to use like this ability here's how i need to go in and it gives me a chance like the the, the combat puzzle for you know for yes. lack of a phrase yes. like i i enjoy that aspect of it this and again, game is I, full of combat puzzles. It's yes, like these enemies yes. are weak to this ability or this this runic power or whatever the hell, the, mm-hmm. the element that you build up yeah. on and stuff. And, I think something else neat about this game is the tonal shift. That This game, like, if you go from the original God of War games to 2018 to this, I think, you know, the original games were, you know, they had a little bit of humor, but they were very straight-faced. It was all about, like, you know, Kratos and his overblown teenaged angst and he's gonna kill everybody and they were awesome stories but then yeah 2018 came around and it kind of surprised you with like these funny engaging characters that stuck around and didn't die immediately and that you wanted to see more of like brock and Mm -hmm. sindri and Mm -hmm. and then this one i feel like you know it's that that element of surprise is gone and it kind of just drives home like I feel like the MCU has been really influential mm. in entertainment over the last 10 years to mm. the point where it's like the humor is an integral part of the storytelling now. Like there's that scene with Ratatosk when he starts climbing all over Kratos' arms and you can immediately imagine like PS2 era Kratos would have immediately smashed him on the floor until his, his <laughs> head exploded. Yeah. Um, but Kratos here tolerates it and you, you get a, a little comedic moment out of it and I, I actually really liked um, mild spoilers to something that happens very early in the game. There is a dream sequence where you finally get to see Faye, Atreus's mother, who I think I, I don't think you've seen before at that moment. No, that was her. That was her and, introduction. Yeah, yeah, and you get to see a lot of Kratos's personality. But I, I appreciate the way that she talks to Kratos in this. You walk as though Emir himself sits atop your shoulders. This is your hunt. I will follow. Very well, Grumbles. Fresh kill. 
At least it didn't suffer. Hmm. Am I to decipher your grunting? Tell me your thoughts. Yeah, she calls him grumbles and then basically says, use your words. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will also say in like bringing up uh, Faye and then the other uh, character, other female characters come in a great a great job of having a very diverse cast especially like female cast in a god of war mm-hmm. game where especially yeah. like when you look at where where we started from and yeah. where we are now like i i think it is very i think it is very interesting it's like oh a female <laughs> character does she have a circle icon above her head uh, is that for fucking or for killing I yeah or is it going to be athena who's going to bitch at me the whole game <laughs> uh, fine mom <laughs> so like but um yeah i, I just you must clean your room uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I think this is a game I I do I want more people to finish because I do think there's a bigger conversation to be had. Um, I'm also and I think am I the only one that's finished that's like completely? On I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not bragging. I'm just asking. Um, but I I think there's you guys a heard it here first. TL finishes before all of us. Remember? Yes. Remember. That. Uh, Okay, uh, but no. If anybody, I, I, before anybody says, "Why did you nominate a game you didn't finish?" It's because I absolutely love this game while I'm. Playing. How about well, this fucking? Because it's, it's our list. Shut up. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a good, okay. a good game. You don't have look a good That's game. Me you don't have to finish. Like, come on. <laughs> uh, but no, so I think that there is. I'm very interested to see what because, like, obviously, this isn't going to be the last God of War. That would be ridiculous. What? But I, I'm very interested with how it went. Uh, where it is God of War, and then yeah, if you're a fan of '90s comedy movies, maybe finish this game. Maybe put a little time. Into so if I like game. Tommy Boy, finish God of War. <laughs> that is, no, is there, like, no. a house party scene at the end. You if know, you, like a wait, wait, has, does does it also unlock the uh, fully viewable Tammy and the T Rex? I wish. <laughs> I wish. Uh, no, uh, there is a tie to a movie that I don't. Boy, I literally bad. don't want to say what it is because it is kind of it's cool. a spoiler for the thing. Uh, for there's, the, there's a Fast right. Times at Ridgemont High, moment, but yeah, is it, it shows what they're all Does Kratos say I'm getting too old for this shit? No, no, he does not. <laughs> Okay. Boy, no, he does I'm not. Uh, I will. I'll, I'll give a small hit. That movie is that movie from the '90s is a Tex Avery cartoon made into a movie. Uh, uh, oh, oh yeah, no, I think yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and um, they definitely do play a lot into that. Where I like, I heard it, and I was like, maybe, and I play. I was like, oh no, actually, yeah. So I don't know. It's a very, it's a very good game. It's a really good game. Where if, they drink the serum. Never mind. No, what? no. I'm sorry. I'm just trying. <laughs> when you, I'll text tell you about it. Yeah, off you air. know, you know, you'll know story. exactly which one I'm talking about. Screwy squirrel. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, screwy squirrel. <laughs> yes, the the screwy God's squirrel movie droopy. from the '90s. I can't get uh, away from this God of War. Yeah. Was there a '90s <laughs> droopy movie? I'm asking seriously because you know. No, no, there's not. Um, no, at like, the time in the droop, like droopy. The only thing with droopy was like Tom and Jerry kid. If you're talking right. about the '90s, that's yes. the whole thing. Right. But no, God of War Ragnarok, fantastic game. We all loved it. It belongs on our list. I yes. don't think so. But, but we should, well, too bad you you had. I was chance. outvoted. Yeah. yeah. All right, but we need to move on to number eight. And the tables have turned on a cowering idiot in what game? 
Mario plus Rabbids, as you've corrected me on yes. more than I care to admit, instead of Mario and Rabbids. No, this is Mario Sparks of Rabbids. Hope. Yes, Sparks, Sparks of Hope. The new game that came out this year. This is my favorite version of Luigi. Fucking ruthless sniper Luigi. Yes. He's so good in these games. <laughs> I'm a coward, but I have a one-shot op kill. My, yeah, <laughs> like, I, like I can I'm kill almost anyone from across the map because I'm badass mm, Luigi. With my steely it stare. Gets, it gets nice. more powerful the farther away you fire it, man. That's yeah, like against physics. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't think of that, Michael. You're right. They took that stare from the Mario Kart games, and they're like, yeah, this motherfucker's a sniper, a stone-cold killer. From <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Enemy at the gates, Louis. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who's his Ed Harris? Uh, I don't know. Uh, who's joining us for this segment? Hey, it's Tony Wilson of Framework. Uh, Framework! I, I didn't have a pithy nickname for that. I should have. Uh, it's Rapid Tony from Framework. Oh. Did you do a Framework video on this game, Tony? Did you do I any? did. I did Framework videos on about 50% of your uh, list. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Full disclosure, so, I think I provided all of you with codes for this game. <laughs> Yes, or at thank least you. assisted in, in the getting. This has you been did. my yes. go-to was... road game of choice for the year. It's so good. I had a blast with it. Uh, yeah, no, go to youtube.com slash framework video. Uh, I've got essays on like most of the games you're talking about on this on this roundup because uh, there's some good games this year, guys. Yeah, but I, I didn't expect um, much from this game just because like the last game was uh, kind of a genre retold through Mario, but they made it more mario somehow yeah and yeah it and very I was much like, its own thing also mm-hmm. yeah i was sort of cautiously optimistic because that that first one you know uh it came out and i think it pleasantly surprised us all right it was like a mario tactics game you gave mario a gun what are you doing ubisoft mm-hmm. and then we played it and we were like this is a great tactics game and then yeah. they released you know, we got a totally different battle system. Well, not totally, but a very different battle system this time. Enhanced battle system. I got to tell you, this to me, this makes Kingdom Battle look like the prototype. Like, I I think this improves upon the old one in every way. Mm, some people right. disagree with me on that. Some people, like, no. I've had a couple comments saying, like, they liked when the Rabbids didn't talk, for example. But in terms mm. of battle, in terms of storytelling, in terms of characterization, I think this is just miles was, above what was already a good game. Those people are idiots, Tony. Um, It it is a little, a a bit of a shift because in the first game, the rabbits were just like, you you know, you sort of got the sense that the rabbits that were on Mario's side were just sort of with him out of happenstance and they just like scream and they're chaotic and whatever. And this time around, they have more distinct personalities. They actually talk like, and and they talk more than the Mario characters. So here is, here is Mario doing some attacks in the game. Just, all right, all right, and, and you know, let's go. Stuff like the standard Mario lines. Here is Rabid Mario doing an attack. <laughs> oh, too easy. Left, right, 
I, I love this. Does sound like a less drunk war. I, <laughs> I was gonna say, I, Rabbit Mario is just wish fulfillment. That's what Danny DeVito would sound like if he was Mario. Let's be honest. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think my favorite of his is when he gets hit and he goes, Oh, you're on my list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great one. I, I love that, that. Yeah, Rabbit Mario is like just playing up this stereotype of like the rough and tumble Italian laborer. He's got like the toothpick, yeah. he plays a mandolin sometimes. I'm like Captain Lou Albano over here. His gun is fists. Yeah. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. It's like having little mini shotguns because he can still, he doesn't need to be right next to the people, but just enough. No, they have a great, like, uh, cone. Yeah. He's he's got some range, and you can, there's a perk you can unlock that lets him move after attacking. So you can run out into the open, pummel someone, and then, like, move back behind cover. That's one thing I did appreciate about this version is the last version. It really felt like um, you would build your team based on their weapon and then their powers. In this version, that's still around, but I found it was a bit more flexible with the sparks. It's like, well, I really yeah. like using Luigi most of the time. And as long as I give him the spark that'll help me through this particular battle, like I can kind of pick favorites. Like, cause like, yeah. I felt like in the last game, I felt like I had to juggle my team more than mm-hmm. I wanted versus this game just lets you be like, well, if, if you just really like using, let's say, Luigi and Rabid Mario and whatever, like, yeah, just pick your favorite team. You don't need put, to put really anybody's know. powers anywhere you want. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, reset like, them like other, other people like. can heal. Other people can, you know, boost defense. Whereas, like, you couldn't do that before. They were tied right. to the characters, you know, like yeah. if yeah. you didn't have a healer, have fun, <laughs> you know, yeah, good luck. Exactly. It's exactly. like basically the reason why you have a sequel. Like, oh, okay, now we understand how this works. And yeah, re, re being able to reattribute everybody. Uh, uh, like, I don't have a ton to say about this game because, like, my, my biggest favorite things about it are these are things Nintendo hasn't yet celebrated mm. because it's recent Mario minutia. So celebrating Star Bits and Galaxy and Rosalina, like, mm. yeah, she's in Smash, but like, Nintendo hasn't revisited this style mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and in addition to that, the overworld to me was right. was the best thing about it. It, it felt yeah. like, why are there more games like Bowser's Fury? And like, well, there is now, but like, and, yeah. and this feels like Bowser's Fury. It, yeah. Like, th- like things that will take. I even. When I was watching that clip of the, the new Mario movie, like this isn't old enough to be to be represented in the Mario movie, mm. uh, Galaxy and Bowser's Fury. Yet, yet this game, like, kind seems to revel in it. And the overworld in particular, scratches that Mario itch. Like, I want to go here, unlock a bunch of shit, and and progress to the point where I unlock the rest of this area. I I do like the difference. So the last game was very much like okay, you're exploring these worlds, and then it was very obvious when you were coming ap- across yeah. a battle arena. It's like, oh, that's mm-hmm. going to be... There's going to be a battle there, whereas this game's more like... No, this is... It's not open world, but it's a series of kind of smaller no, island-type maps. It celebrates where... Mar- the, the 3D Mario uh, mechanics more mm-hmm. than most other yeah. Nintendo games. It's mm-hmm. it's almost the Chrono Trigger style of, like, there there's the enemy in the overworld. Avoid yeah. it if you don't want to fight yeah, it. If you, if, yeah, uh, or you can do a slide into it, and then you get an advantage. Maybe you get, like, weaker yeah. enemies. And, 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 yeah, I do like that, that, uh, like you said before, it was the, the battlefields and the exploration are linked. Now it's just, like, the battlefields are in the form of these little enemies wandering around the map. 
you bump into them or you slide into them, you you are transported to a self-contained battlefield, mm-hmm. and that lets them do much more with both the open world and the battlefields. Or, or the yeah. or the battlefields are the black glue, back the black goo, which is yeah. like that's the, the story darkness. battles, you know, like that that's the stuff that you're like, okay, this is going to progress the story. It's called Dark what Mess. And full disclosure, goo. once again, I do work for Ubisoft. Yes, yes, he does. But, uh, right. but yeah, I, I also love like pulling up that map and being like, oh, there's a quest over there. I'm going to yeah. go, you know, oh, there's there's a new spark I can collect over over here on the map. And so it kind of scratches that itch, too, of just like, yeah, let me explore and find cool shit on this map. Versus the other game was very much like you're trying to get from point A to sort of point B on in each of these levels to get done with the level. There was an overworld, which was kind of funny with it. You know, it had like the washing machine and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, this this game, I think, does a better job of like Chris said, is like it's more like that. Mario Galaxy overworld stuff that you're, you're yeah. exploring there. Yeah. And I mean, it might you know, be the only 3D Mario world we see for a long time, given yeah. Nintendo's yeah. reluctance yeah, sure. to readdress it. And, and you know, to, to talk about the Battlefield part specifically, the, the free movement aspect, I think it, was, it works so well. Right? Like, yes, yeah, yeah, the movement's it way gone better way. in this game. It could have not worked, but man, does it work well. Like, there are turns where I would, like, I would dash into an enemy... Go he- like like I, you you could essentially sort of it almost felt like cheating sometimes you yeah. would just yeah. position yourself just enough to like heal everybody then run around a corner and dash into somebody then yep. run back all the way to where you came from tuck into the corner and shoot the, from the there. only thing that locks down your movement is your weapon attack yeah. everything and even else then, you and can even do. then some characters get a high level like their higher level perks where even that doesn't stop yeah yeah you can like, still yeah. move yeah. after Rapid that Mario. and like edge yeah and like edge has. She gets one where if you, like, bump it up enough, you can get, like, five or six dashes, and each one makes her movement area even bigger. Mm-hmm. So if you if you can, like, set it up, like, and just sort of ping-pong between enemies, you can move, like, across the entire yeah, field. There, there, you can so leapfrog, too. You can take, like, one like of your characters. Yeah. Like, this is moving too fast. Uh, but, no, but, yeah. you, but you can, like, literally, like, move one character just enough so that they'd be within the range of motion of another character and then do the the jump move which was in the yeah. first game mm. but i feel like it really is like there's a yeah. reason to do it in this game especially when you can like land on enemies from it and stuff where it's like yeah. okay you can get across the entire map if you're good yeah. enough and, and you know yeah, have you can, you can, like, and sometimes you have to sometimes that's the goal yeah lunch to get across lunch one character off another character and then like you know you launch another character into that character's movement radius mm-hmm. and then they can maybe mm-hmm. jump yeah. again if they have yeah. that perk unlocked it's, yeah. it's and they so, knew you would do that because like there's when they're when the areas overlap there's even like a, a desert like a special color mm-hmm. of yeah. the, that shows you hey there are areas of movement overlap here here's the spot where you can jump yeah. and and that's what i think you know the previous game was like oh this is mario xcom but this new movement system is like oh this is what makes it different and in my opinion better than xcom games and it, it gives it its own identity at this point it's like yeah it's yeah. still turn-based tactical game sure. But that's like perfect Mario movement. Like it's like okay, yes, they can jump off each other, they can land on enemies. Yeah, it's like okay, this is what the, makes the, it more it's Mario. Perfect. It's very D and D slash Divinity two. Like that's actually like what this like. If hmm. you like this combat, you might like those games because hmm. that's what it is. I, I thought it's a perfect way to describe it. It's a well, one, it's it's like why sequels should exist. In, in a time yeah, where you can it update refines games. everything from that first game, yeah. Yeah, like uh, you could, you can't update the you can't update the first game to be this weird, and uh, yeah, uh, two like uh, it brings it beyond XCOM Mario. Like you couldn't do the, this in XCOM, it wouldn't be, we, yeah, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be cool. It, yeah. would, it would not 
work within that genre and like and now but, oh yeah this this game defined itself and like the next mm-hmm. one should be fucking incredible yeah like because you can sort of fudge things like that yeah like you open up some really cool opportunities to be like i'm i'm just in the right position to hit all of these guys but if it was still a grid system i might only be able to hit one yep. you mm-hmm. know like like mm-hmm. it just it, you feel there's just such a freedom to it you feel like you can do so much with yeah. a single character on a turn and you get to do it with up to three of them you and, know, and it's, th- it's, yeah. it's great. I feel like the last game, too, there would be battles where it's like, oh, I made one wrong move and this game's going to punish me for it. I'm going to get shot like four times. This character is going to die. And like that can happen here, just like mm-hmm. in an XCOM game. But like because of the movement, there's more there's there's more flexibility and like you can kind of recover from those moments you a little like bit better. suffer like, in the okay. next turn but like you can yeah still... yeah yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. and yeah. they get it and they they play around with that movement as a result right like their enemies like if you shoot them they get a free movement toward you mm-hmm. or there's like the, there's mm-hmm. like the ice tigers that when you kill them yeah. they they explode they in explode an area and lock you into place. but yeah. you can also use that to your advantage so if you know that this enemy is going to move one shot like you can shoot him and then have like the uh, the, Overwatch the Overwatch abilities, yeah. like, you know, mm-hmm. Steely Sight, mm-hmm. Hero Stare, and you do additional damage and keep kiting them in a direction. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And every, each one of the characters, you get, how many, how many party members is it by the end? Is it nine? I think uh, it's nine. Nine total. Yeah. I yeah, think. nine total. Like, they all feel distinct and great. I and love what they did with Bowser. more coming DLC. That's oh, true. Nice. We got, we got cool. Rayman coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I got, like, that guy I doesn't loved... have arms. True. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just gonna he's just gonna shoot his own fists at people. Yeah. That was Metal Gear Solid Five, and that's great. <laughs> I am actually really curious to see what Rayman's weapons could be. <laughs> yeah, um, just, I just want to say, is Rayman gonna understand what the rabbits are? Oh, right. Like, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they came from his universe. <laughs> yes, that's true. He already uh, hates those guys. Fuck yeah. those guys. <laughs> but I, I love the new characters that were added to this game. Yes, I love. Yes. you know, Edge is like. I remember seeing like she fell out of a JRPG. This is like the first (laughs) unironically cool rabid character. Like she looks like Joan Jett. She's she's fucking badass. (laughs) There's nothing like really silly about her other than just basically the way she looks. Uh, And then uh, rabid Rosalina. I have no idea what her characterization of Rosalina comes from, but I I love the character. I love just like the the sleepiness and and boredom. Well, she's like the. Like even when she's attacking, she sounds bored. And if she, when she takes cover behind low cover, you can see she just sort of rests her head on it. <laughs> yeah, I yeah I love yeah her just like she's like this lazy bookworm. It's great, mm-hmm. and, and her the lockdown ability is so good that yeah. has saved my butt so many times in that game. Uh, no, yeah, I, I love that the rabbits like they're all like foils to each other, right? Mm-hmm. They either. They're either or they they either play something up. They're like a foil, right? Like like, Mario Rabbit Mario is like okay, but what if he was like really Italian? Like yeah. you know, what I mean? <laughs> like what if instead of being like Brooklyn, he was like Sicily? You know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> like that's what they went this with. Rabbit touching like, my car, I break out of face. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this Mario come from Agrigento. He like the Gatina. Anyways, I like hate the it's North. like. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he he like rabid Mario believes that only Sicilians are real Italians, <laughs> mm-hmm. even though we're actually also Arab and Greek. But that's beside the point. Anyways, like and like you got like timid Luigi, 
Rabbit Luigi's like, what's up? I'm a break dancer. Let's have a good time. Mm-hmm. And the, the so, Rabbit Rosalina I love because, like, Rosalina is, like, she basically runs a space station, right? Like, mm-hmm. she takes care of an entire race of star people yeah. and runs a space station. And Rabbit Rosalina's like, I want to read a book and take a nap. Yeah. I just, I love that contrast. <laughs> yeah, Rabbit Luigi, I can't put my finger on why, but he reminds me very strongly of John Leguizamo in the Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> yes. And, th- and then, of course, there's another character we haven't brought up yet. Bowser's no friend of ours either. <laughs> Does a lot of kidnapping of Princess Peach. Still, we can't leave him to the dark mess, can we? There is another enemy to fight. Bowser will always join up with Mario so long as he gets to think he's in charge. There you yep. go. I did get annoyed every time I had to write about this game every time I wrote Dark Mess and mm-hmm. every you know doc editor was like yep. do you mean darkness I was like no, no. I know like when that I wrote my it. review I literally put in parentheses like after Dark Mess not a typo yeah. <laughs> like, sick like, <laughs> like, like like in the final review because I was like I want people to know I didn't type I didn't you know what I mean mm-hmm. one thing I will thank you and Ubisoft for Michael is putting those fucking minions in their place because I've gone on record the minions are a blatant rip off of the rabbits and this game is like, no, no, the rabbits are a thousand times better than fucking Kevin or whoever yes. the fuck the minion are. They, like, no, they have personality. They are funny. They make the minions look like shit. So thank <laughs> you for that. Man. Yeah. This game, like, honestly, this game, like, made me, and I say as much in the video essay I did on this game, this game gave me a desire to see, like, okay, you've proved this, like, rabbits tactics crossover works try it with something else now like it works with mario let's like give it a shot with something else i want to see it yeah i'd love to yeah, see yeah. What, what they do next give me some metroid yeah. tactics baby roll up as a ball dash through some enemies <laughs> well you want to see grow five spaces or i don't know i don't know what ubisoft can do <laughs> i don't i don't know what the future of this this brand is i love what they've done so far I'm excited to see what they do no it, like uh, michael can't speak on that but like Nintendo doesn't seem to be hating it and giving more yeah. leeway into mm-hmm. the world of Mario. And um, it's it's the same me. theory I had about Zelda, which uh, I talked about recently on Wii Universe, um, which is that if every Zelda is going to be six years between entries, Nintendo yeah. is sort of okay with loaning out the brand to other people. Yes. I think that's yeah. why this happened. Mm-hmm. Is Nintendo's like, look. You're not going to get another Odyssey for a while, so we need to keep the character out there. We're like, so go ahead, Ubisoft. Busy, we like, can't make a Mario party more than every four years. <laughs> yeah, like, give hey, like, give Criterion F Zero. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, see, see there's happens. a lot that could be done out there. But yeah, Ma- us- Mario plus Rabbids. Plus Rabbids. Yes, thank you. Mario Sparks Plus, the streaming Nintendo yeah. service, <laughs> so, so, so they can make a version called Mario Minus. Mario and Rabbids minus Mar- Mario. Mario minus Rabbids. Yeah. That's no, just Odyssey 2. <laughs> so, I mean, not to keep gushing about this game, but yeah, I do love the fact that it's like, it just gives you options, that, you know, all the mm-hmm. time where it's like, hey, um, you don't, like typically in a tactics game, it's like, well, your loadout is what it is and, and sorry. But like this thing is like, hey, you're about to start a match. Do you just want to rearrange all your sparks and put different sparks? You know, like it lets you evaluate who's yeah. on the battlefield that round to be like, oh, these people are weak against fire. You might want to get the spark out that, that that has the fire ability and and put it on yep. your characters. And it's like it it feels very like generous and fair in that regard. Yeah. Something that other tactics games are sort of known to be like. Tactics games are all about like fucking with you as the player. They're well, like, I'm yeah, not, I'm sorry. Not, I'm, like, I'm not shitting on Firaxis, but this is the exact same scenario forty years ago when Mario RPG got me to understand RPGs. Like I mm-hmm. I had not played an XCOM before. 
Mario uh, and Rabbids. And now it's mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, I can probably jump in. I can figure yeah. it out. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those sparks are just, like, such cool powers, too. Yeah. Like, I like... There's the one that can make you invisible for two or three rounds, whatever it is. And yeah, which is great. really, I mean, you know, you use yeah. that on, on a boss. You can just sit there, hammer away for a couple rounds. I love just the image of Princess Peach calling down like a biblical rain of meteors mm-hmm. on a bunch of Goombas. Yeah. You know, like it's 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 such a great image. There's that one that like uh, throws off like toxic sludge to everything around yeah. you, which I, yeah. I always oh, put yeah. on Rabid Mario because he's all about... Yeah. Well, he's all about close range, and so it's like, yeah, I'm going to stand in the middle of a group of enemies, do that thing, which doesn't trigger that ability with the the big heavies where they'll come towards you after being Mm -hmm. attacked, so that doesn't affect them. And then, so I'll do that, and then I'll finish one off with my punch attack so he can't, like, come after me. Like, oh, there's so many good combos the sparks use water use a splash on the big heavies so that they'll get a chance to move toward you but you've knocked them like you've knocked them like off the board usually and yeah i love love the splash attacks hate hate when they get leveled at me but uh love love using them to (laughs) bounce enemies and you know target them with other reactive abilities And, and that's the thing right like this game gives you so many tools to use but all the enemies get all that too Mm -hmm. and so like it really Mm -hmm. like you know it still challenges you in fun ways and if if you don't want to kind of deal with that, there's some awesome accessibility options too. Like oh, yeah. like if you don't want to deal with the with the difficulty that can come with tactics, you could let like you know if you want to have your kids play this game, you can literally turn on a god mode and just mm-hmm. let them go to town. Oh, I didn't you know, know that. That's great. That's yeah, there's cool. there's an invincibility toggle in the options. Nice. All right. Well, we've probably talked enough about Mario Plus Rabbids Sparks of mm-hmm. Hope, which is a great game, but we should move on to. Number seven. I was once a Jedi Knight, the same as your father. Which reminds me. How did my father die? Uh, uh, what is it? Your father's lightsaber. Now let's see if we can't figure out what huh? you are, my little friend. Woo! General <laughs> Kenobi, I have placed information vital to the survival of the Rebellion into the memory mm. systems of this R2 unit. Yeah. My father will know how to retrieve it. You must yeah. see this droid safely yeah. delivered to him on Alderaan. That is Luke Skywalker stumbling around with a lightsaber, looking at the hilt head-on in which game? Elden Ring. No. Like, yes, like it's Elden Ring. <laughs> Actually, it's a game that is almost as big as Elden Ring in, sc- in scale, Oh my man. gosh. It, it this... was, I should say, yeah, I th- it felt to me like back-to-back because I put the most time into both of these, just because mm-hmm. I haven't. Let's say what anything. it is first. This this is Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga. Thank Let's you. Yes, and again start it off by saying to every one of my friends, I've had to tell multiple times, this is not a remake of the Lego Star Wars games. It is no, complete. It is. and it's even game. more complete than Lego Star Wars: The Complete Saga. Yes. yes. Yeah. And who is joining us for this bit? Uh, this is Chris Baker at cbig76 on Twitter uh, and Willow. superhero.vg, where I just posted a bunch of uh, my 40 favorite Marvel games of all time. What about and the Willow I'm podcast? I'm working on a Star Wars gaming book right now that hopefully comes out by the end of the year. And formerly of LucasArts, Chris Baker. So, yes. so you're the ringer for this entry. Lego Star so, Wars 2, the original trilogy. And you're not going to plug so, the Willow <laughs> podcast, for fuck's sake? Oh, that too, yeah. Uh, that, <laughs> Willow yeah, I guess talk. It's still a, yeah, Willow Talk will have a few episodes left by the time this hits, I guess. People who are listening to it seem to really enjoy it. We go week by week of, on every episode of Willow. 
uh, talk about what we like, what we didn't like, and, and give it a rating. Uh, the last one was was uh, got the ultimate rating from us of uh, So Up and Good, episode four. You could always nice? transition <laughs> that podcast into a Buffy podcast if you just wanted to keep it going and have several oh, years right, of content. Right. And a Taylor Swift podcast. I mean, I would listen to that, absolutely. <laughs> I'm a Swifty. My, my daughter Willow tonight... Smith. Uh, Who else is on board? Oh, yeah, sorry. (laughs) Anthony Abbott. Uh, By the time you hear this, it won't be as relevant, but happy birthday, Bruce Wayne Brady. Oh, thank you very much. Happy birthday. Yeah. I'm one of those uh, holiday birthdays. So, you know, that old kind of tradition of my mom was like, okay, cool. Grab a Christmas gift early. There's your birthday gift. (laughs) Happy birthday. We gave you more. Video Game Apocalypse gave you more work. Yeah. (laughs) This is fun. This is fun. No, this is all good. It is. It is fun because, like, for joining us on your birthday, my gosh! I I I have been pretty on record about shitting on Lego games because I find them all the exact same and with no real goals and kind of aimless and just you know they're for kids and you play them with your kids and like I don't have kids or friends to play it with and it just Mm. but this this gelled into something absolutely incredible maybe because because we were working so hard on sick of Star Wars. Uh, but the, you know, the Skywalker saga of films is complete and they, I mean, they totally went back and re like remade the gameplay is completely different. And like, you guys kept Mm -hmm. having to tell me that. Well, well, I, yeah, I mean, I've had to tell you before, like you, you say the Lego games are all the same and they have over the years, it's funny, they've come full circle because they morphed at one point with the Batman games into these just like beat 'em up action games yeah. that they never were before. Right. And they got pretty samey then. Yes. This one, the original Lego Star Wars games were like more puzzly. It was like you need to have this certain character mm-hmm. to do this certain thing or to build a certain thing in this level. And this game seamlessly brought all that together, plus all the open world stuff of all those Marvel Lego games that they had. Like it's it, it's like the ultimate this is not an exaggeration. This is the ultimate Lego game. Like, if you're only going to play one of those games, which they are kind of samey, but if you're going to play one, this is the was, one, because was, this has, like, nine games inside of it. The last you know? one yeah. I played was Force Awakens, and I didn't care for it even a little bit. Uh, just super, mm-hmm. super long levels to extend it one game into, you know, an entire movie. And this was just, like, bite-sized moments of wonder. It was awesome. And I, I, I don't want to... I'm glad Baker's here, but I keep telling my Star Wars friends, like, it's kind of the ultimate Star Wars fan game. Like, it's just, oh, it's yeah. amazing. And I, yeah. I know I got some deluxe pack where I got the, I got the Mandalorian, like, immediately, which was super right. helpful. Yeah, yeah, I got that, too. I, it's one of the versions I bought. Nice, there, nice. There's, like, three character packs yeah. in this thing. And, and what's great is about that is it's sort of a cheat, because, like... Normally, you would have to unlock those characters, so you can kind of do stuff earlier yeah. in the game than you normally would be able to when you get those packs. But, but, like, Baker, is there a better fan service Star Wars? Game? Well, uh, certainly not of the complete nine, you know, nine movie saga. That's yeah, certainly not of the all nine. Uh, Lego Star Wars: The Complete Saga, which had the first six <laughs> was, was pretty great in that regard, but still not as uh, as complete. I think in yeah. terms of characters, yeah. this has to. Include the most characters it's any Star like three hundred playable has, characters. Isn't it over three hundred? Yeah. I want to yeah. say I, I, it's, it's like we all roster. we all had that action figure growing up that like was in the movie for like half a scene or something. Yep. That's like a, right. like You'll... this game has that. It has that in every one of those ever from every action figure ever made. It's, it's hard wild. to think of any Star Wars character that is not represented in this game. Although they keep coming out with these packs, and I keep thinking, oh oh yeah, that one hasn't in there yet. 
Uh, right, so right, right, right. It's a testament to how many Star Wars characters there are in general. And, and too. once I, I, I haven't platinumed a game since Spider Man, I think, and I just tore this up, and then I looked at the end of it and like, yeah, I have almost all the trophies in this, and they were fairly easy to unlock after that. I just organically, I don't know that I've done that in a long time. And again, this is coming from a Lego game hater, and someone hasn't liked a lot of Star Wars games in the last ten years. You know, you know. Mm-hmm. This game, when it was coming out, I was really interested because the idea of playing all nine in one game was awesome. But mm-hmm. I had played the, you know, PS2 Lego games, of course. You know, I'd played a couple of different Lego games, bounced off them for a little bit. And I really had that same feeling of like, I know I've, I've played this a million times. And hearing you guys talk about it on VGA the week it came out kind of turned me around to like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and pick this up and jump into it. And I'm really glad I did because it's one of the most fun Star Wars games I've ever played. And I think it's the most fun lego game i've played since like maybe the first batman game because it's honestly hilarious i mean the humor is it's one of the funniest games i think i've played all year yeah and what i think is really cool about having all nine movies in this is even if there's a movie in there that you don't like it's still enjoyable in this game it made me want to jump right into rise of skywalker and boy was that a mistake Um. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's it's funny like yeah there's a lot of really good jokes in here i think when I first played this, like I, I just downloaded it from the sh- uh, for the show to play mm-hmm. when it came out, and I was expecting a remake, and then it's just like, wow, actual over the shoulder yeah. shooting on like that. What's that? Mm-hmm. The 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 ship that's carrying Princess Leia in Tantive Four. It's I think it's actually called Tantive. I called it Tantive. Tantive. Yeah, I've always time, called yes. it Tantive. But yeah, sh- shooting on there and it's just like, oh, this is this is like a real game. Oh my god, I'm not yeah. just. Hitting things and getting getting and there's yeah. like combos dozens, and stuff. Too. Dozens yeah. of yeah, characters yeah, have combat. unique combos. Uh, it, it's mm-hmm. unbelievable. Yeah. There's air juggles, yeah, juggles, and yeah. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, yeah. There's character classes, which is great, which have different mm-hmm. abilities and skills. It's like the bounty hunters can do like quick uh, combo shots and stuff like that. Like there's there's so many systems and so many layers of depth into this game that like were not in those previous yeah. Star Wars games. It's like mm-hmm. even if you feel like well I've played those, it's like not this way. You haven't. You know? Yeah, but th- then, like, yeah, getting past that and, like, going down to, like, here's open-world Tatooine, here's a, a gonk yeah. droid who, who only says gonk, and then you, <laughs> if you find C-3PO yes. and bring him to him, then C-3PO can translate, and you find out there's, like, all this deep, rich gonk droid lore to explore, yes. and yeah. he wants you to, to help him out. I and, think that yeah, was, can unlock that was my favorite part, is that, I think, given the nature of the open-world concept, it, it just felt really, really alive. All the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when yeah, you hit yeah, a yeah. fresh level, there's like so much to do. It was like one of the best platformers, at least of this yeah. year. It, it's got that stuff that Michael, you and I both love about Assassin's Creed games is like, hey, open the map and there's always something to do. Like that's mm-hmm. that's this game is like, especially when you get to a new world, it's like it's overwhelming the amount of content in this game. Like I was telling these guys right before we started, I'm like, you know, I finished this game like in terms of all nine episodes. I'm only probably a quarter of the way done in terms of the the bricks you collect or what are they the kyber golden bricks. bricks or whatever the kyber yeah. bricks the ki- yeah the kyber bricks like it's it's very much like a Mario three a 3D Mario game in that regard it's like yeah I finished it but I didn't get all the shines or whatever mm-hmm. you know? like and I like uh it, it's kind of difficult pulling sounds to play for this because you know while the jokes are really funny a lot of them are purely visual like that first clip that I played it's just like Luke swinging a lightsaber wildly around Ben Kenobi's house, and uh, you can sort of hear it, but it doesn't really come through. Also, you know, sort of this, although I think you can hear a little bit more of what's happening through this clip. Asteroids. Chewie, set to 7-1. Uh-huh. 
No, you buttball. Two seven one. All of a sudden, the Millennium Falcon stops, screeches to a halt, and it switches to a two D plane, and you're just like, you know, shooting asteroids. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's amazing. It's like it's like a billion different user friendly gameplay types meshed together in you know mm. one of the best properties ever. And I, yeah, it makes me wonder what. Do you think we'll ever see like a regular like I want to play a Empire Strikes Back game and they make a new one like why don't they make a new one why can't I just play through that game maybe I'm nuts for even wanting something like that but like a like an actual non Lego movie game yeah, like movie, yeah traditional movie like, tie in game yeah, yeah just feels, I think mm-hmm. that day is done and Lego is completely totally it, it feels any sort yeah. of adaptation it feels like that's off the table and I I don't really understand why uh, but but I guess because this can wear a sense of humor and uh shell everything with something mm-hmm. a little more friendly mm-hmm. even even making the gen the killing of the children seem funny uh, <laughs> yeah there is, a, there is a, a youngling joke in there in, in order 67 yeah <laughs> I, I think i think even having all the different movies uh gave them so many chances at different types of gameplay that yeah. like i started with episode one like i'm just gonna yeah, go so one through nine in this order right? i'm gonna torture myself and, and it was like fine it was, it was great it was great there's some of the best levels in the game well, but, you know, as a playing Phantom Menace, I'm thinking, I really hope I get to do some pod racing because I love the episode one pod racer in 64 game mm-hmm. back in the day. Oh, yeah. And when you get to that, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Like, they really took time to make this a solid racing game. Like, the trench run. There's even, like, a tower defense moment, like, I think in, like, the Battle of Naboo. Like, and even, like, the lightsaber fights. Everything that you love from, like, the movie moments is really just, like, they put attention into, like, the different gameplay styles to make those things really fun. Good point. It's the, that engine handles quite a bit. Like it's mm-hmm. it's doing quite a bit. Yeah, with the open world exploration stuff, the traversal, and then they have mm-hmm. these these vehicle segments that that come out of nowhere. And the, Michael, I think the reason I was thinking about like, why why is it hard to capture sound clips, and it's it's because what they did this time was they combined the original Lego game humor, which was all the pantomime stuff, because they didn't right. talk back in those days, and so mm-hmm. most of the jokes are like physical pantomime humor like pratfall stuff and then they have kind of kind of straight line reads you know for most of these like it's like yeah it's it's i don't think it's the original voices i think it's impersonators for most of yeah, those it's, lines it's, it's mostly impersonators but it's you know they're they're not reading them in a jokey way for the most part it's it's stuff happening in the scene although there's that one vader clip you've played before where he's like tuning his radio and in, in his, in his yeah well I, I have that actually and yeah i'm pretty sure that they took this directly from a parody video on youtube called vader sessions which is all about playing james Earl jones's other lines under darth vader footage but okay. right, here's here's the clip oh. i'll take them myself cover me yes sir So yeah, he's he's changing the channels on his tie tie uh, fighter yoke and trying to find the perfect music. And when he says "cover me," like all the other tie fighters just like stick to him in like a giant ball, and then he shakes them <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, it's but, dumb stuff like that that, that mm-hmm. we yeah guffaw yeah, at while playing. It was, it was endlessly yeah. entertaining, and even when there were gameplay types like ah, I've done this quite a bit, and like I'm still smiling still smiling mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think the one the one thing we always have to dock it for though 
is this particular line delivery. And I'm off to make some crazy money! Yeah, 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 yeah! <laughs> <laughs> that is not how that's supposed to sound. They couldn't get the license that was, to those yeah. few bars. That was, that was, <laughs> voice director that was Richard Nixon's socket to me? Like he's never heard this catchphrase <laughs> before. And yes, that's an extremely... Yeah, 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 that yeah, reference yeah. predates me by a long time. Don't tell me it's old. I don't care. <laughs> well, we watched Laughing because it was on like uh, what like was Nick it? Nick at Night. Nick yeah, it was like early yeah, old school yeah, yeah. Nick at Night. Yeah, that's how I know. Yeah, sock it to me. Yeah, yeah this game. Uh, but yeah, this this game. You you used a word just now, Michael, that I hadn't really thought, but I think it's it's silly, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's like a really fun silly game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's never well, it's, stupid. It's affectionate. Like if the more you yeah. love Star Wars, the more you'll enjoy the jokes. It's not really mm-hmm. joking at Star Wars' expense necessarily, and even if it is. Who cares? This movie yeah. is like yeah. old yeah, and indestructible, yeah. and because uh, I'm playing, uh, yeah. you know, can do anything. I was just playing it. High on yeah. Life, and I'm a big Rick and Morty fan. But you Ooh. know, it's not Rick and Morty, but it is. And 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 like uh, hmm. every once in a while, or Solar Opposite. Okay, just stop talking. Like just stop. And I, and I never <laughs> felt that way with uh, with Lego Star Wars at all. It doesn't really. It doesn't really do. It doesn't grate on you at all. It doesn't give you a lot of time to think about stuff. And even the cutscenes are super short. Right. And dialogue sequences. Yeah. And just everything is so rewarding. Yeah. And really fun. I reached that point last night with, with High on Life as well. I'm like, okay, yeah, okay. It's it's funny. <laughs> we get you. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Which they have a slider, to be fair to them. They have a, you can yeah, yeah. make your gun talk less. So. Stop talking slider. Yes. Yeah, but I can't recommend this enough yeah. to people angling for a piece of like an unbelievable piece of Star Wars fan service and a really, really, mm-hmm. really solid platformer. Like, and, and I guess I should say, like, you know, family friendly. Like, kids are gonna dig this too. Like, uh-huh. uh, yeah. gotta seeing somebody who doesn't like games and kids who don't like Star Wars, and they both were transfixed mm-hmm. on this game. And yeah, I play I with my two year old uh, present, and oh. uh, she enjoys it. She she loves Grogu, and uh, she knows oh. Grogu. And whenever she's she's she sees Yoda, it's like in the same way that uh, Grogu was was baby Yoda to us. Uh, uh, Yoda, <laughs> is adult da- Yoda is Daddy Grogu. Daddy, wow! <laughs> that, that, that does remind me, like just because That's she great. was a Jedi, I made it a point to constantly play as Yaddle. So I, 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 I oh, gave, yeah, I did too. I gave, I gave Yaddle a moment because, like, a Jedi class is like, I mean, you can't play the game without it. It's. It's a she has a really class. good episode of Tales of the Jedi, by the way. Does yeah. she really? She does. Yes. She does. Mm, I did not know that. Oh, man. Another reason to check that out. I, I was going to say, I don't know if you can call it family-friendly when it does portray a man being brutally cut in half by a lightsaber. My worthy apprentice, son of darkness, heir apparent to Lord Vader, fulfill your destiny. I know what I have to do. <laughs> Yeah, he does the thing where he spins the lightsaber around, but it gets caught on, like, everything possible along the way. A guard catches it on his weapon, slices through that, it gets stuck in the throne, and the whole time Snoke's just staring at it. (laughs) I love even more that that was not Adam Driver reading that line. (laughs) I was very much. I I know what I have to do. (laughs) (laughs) I really do go back and forth from being like, I'm tired of all these Star Wars 
And mm-hmm. before they're... Sure am tired of all these Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> or, or sick of Star Wars. Pedro Duck had a little bit But this is one of those things like, I'll never get tired of this. I'll never, ever get tired of what this is. And this is before Andor was out, which is absolutely astonishing. One of the best shows of the year. But this reaffirmed, like, there is something timeless, at least for me, I'll never... I'll never truly shake, no matter how much I'm mad at the fan base or Lucasfilm, you know. But I, it, it was it was nice to have. I expected to just ignore the ever-loving shit out of it, and it ended up becoming one of my favorite games of the year. Can I just say, too, I really loved the uh, packaging for the Deluxe Edition. Did you guys get this? No, oh, I got it digitally. Oh, no. But watch this, watch this. <laughs> oh a, man! An exterior to it that's Vader's okay. Helmet. This is a, what, what Baker's up. doing is he's pulling up Vader's helmet. Yeah, he's on the lenticular. Yeah, it's it's part of that Anakin underneath him. that otherwise useless plastic sleeve that comes on collector's edition. Yes, yeah. that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, love it. I think this just became one of my favorite Star Wars games and easily my favorite Lego game I've ever played. And I've played oh, yeah. Yeah. enough, oh, yeah. <laughs> enough of enough. Me. <laughs> but hey they revamp stuff the way they do with this you know hey I'm kind of curious to see what yeah, their next project if is if we're not driving that point home it, it plays to me completely different than the isometric Lego games of yore yeah it's it's not mm-hmm. always a behind the back shooter it is when it wants to be um, mm-hmm. uh, it's not always a combo kick and punch machine except when it wants to be it's actually it's kind of um, when you make it yeah. when you want it to be yeah because there's yeah. so many characters you can pick from and you know, you yeah. can pretty much fight in any way they want yeah it's absolutely yeah. It, it, or, or you can just walk yeah. through empire bases if you are dressed as a stormtrooper like they, they right. won't shoot at you for the most part yeah, yeah. if you're a wuss well yeah <laughs> yeah they also <laughs> won't shoot at droids i play this game like i play metal gear games <laughs> oh, fair enough, fair enough. All right. It is an amazing game. One of the best Star Wars games ever, for sure. But we should move along to... Number six. Oh, bringing us in. What game is this? Oak Man's... Wow, that... Pavlovian response the video game if, you, yes. if that sound clip is anything to go by. <laughs> and and who is joining us for this segment? Hey, it's me, Cat Bailey, host of Acts of the Blood God and news editor over at IGN.com. Cat! Woohoo! Welcome back, Cat! And... Hey, it's Alex Fasciani. I'm from Super Beard Bros and Chiluminati, and I used to host a show called The Tex. <laughs> and and other special guests. We've got we've got uh, three for this segment. <laughs> uh, my name is T. L. Foster. Uh, you may hear me on the show Welcome to the Thing, Life in the Pool House, and various other shows. All right. Well, thanks for joining us to talk about what Pokemon Leg Ends Arceus Arcicola. What what is this? Yeah, Pokemon Legends Arceus, right? Or is it Arceus? It's pronounced Arce. Arceus in England. Very Irish. Emphasis on the Arce. Damn the Brits. Why are you fecking around? Sorry, just watch Banshees of Inishirin. My bad. Huh. <laughs> Wouldn't they pronounce that the Banshees? The Banshees. Yeah, the keep going. <laughs> the Banshees, uh, yeah. I've had a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody shirt. Everybody do your Irish accent. Get it out of your system. Absolutely not. <laughs> I just had to do a little one. I just had to do a little one to get it out. Got it. Got it. Right, so Pokemon Legends Arceus is, like, th- I, I am not a Pokemon fan. I will be upfront about that. Uh, this is the game... They, they made me play Pokemon by combining it with Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. And I played it a bunch today for a few hours. It is still super easy. 
who just jump right back into, yeah, what am I doing? I'm, oh, finding this Pokemon. Do I get to hear the little firework every time I catch one now? Okay, great. I'm in for whatever. Oh, it feels so big. And I was so scared of it at first because <laughs> I grew up. I grew up playing these games, you know what I mean? And I, I was, like, very, like, you know, bad time hat about it at first. And I, I even, like, even went on microphones and said bad things about the game at first. Yes. And, uh, but then the other, I, I played, uh, I played Shining Pearl and I played Scarlet and Violet. And now, you know, I picked this game up again and I'm like, I see. Because I thought, I thought that it was going to be sort of, like, the next step of what the game is but really what it is is it's like they see that there's one type of pokemon fan that likes one type of thing and they usually elevate that type of pokemon fan that likes to do things with other people (laughs) but i think that there's this other type of pokemon fan that doesn't really want to talk to anyone at all and just likes to have their little monsters and i think this game is is that game you know like elevated to the same level as any of the other main series games and you I can't th- thought confirm. that's that's so interesting to me. You know what I mean? I thought that was such a like it completely reframed it for me. And I, I, I it's like playing Final Fantasy. I don't know. It's awesome. Can confirm. I hate being around people. So obviously I was going to love this game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think um, about at least five of the six of us on this call feel the same way. Yeah, same TVH. <laughs> but I, I think it's like the dream of what the initial idea of Pokemon was was sold as, right? Like the being able to catalog and doing like when you think of red and blue and doing, you know, what Professor Oak's like, oh, I wanna catalog what Pokemon are. And like in the games you're collecting Pokemon, but it's it almost feels like it feels very robotic of like, oh, I'm just getting these for my living decks or like for whatever reason why you would collect all these. But to actually have a game where you're building out and like cataloging through the Pokedex, like through your catching and observing and finding the different Pokemon, like learning the actual, like how a Pokemon uh, moves within the world. It, it just made it feel so open and inviting and made the world feel more in depth without it being like such a like large scope. Like we think of like Scarlet and Violet where like there are these large scope games, um, Legend Arceus is like kind of smaller, but it just felt larger because when you're observing, like you, you can see where the ecosystems work and how these different animals like like are around each other. And it, it I don't know, it was just it was such a really great experience. And you're just like, how how did it go this long without ever feeling this kind of experience, right? I think mm. I figured out the secret to this game. And you guys are Pokemon yeah. experts. I'm like Michael. I, I'm very much this was I was a new convert after this game. And I tried the other ones before, just never never took. They finally tied progression to collecting Pokemon, and that is why for me personally this game works. Because I'm playing Violet, and Violet's yeah. fun and, and yeah, like TL says, it's like I want to fill out my Pokedex, so I will try to catch at least one of every Pokemon. But this game borrows from Pokemon Go of all things to be like, no, no, if you if mm. you collected 20 of these or if you defeat 20 of these in battle, we're going to actually level your character up and tie your progression to collecting. It gives you a reason to collect multiple Pokemon versus maybe obsessive compulsive people who are like, I need to get the best stats for the Pokemon yeah. I'm going to find in the wild, this one thing or whatever. You know, it's it's like it that's why you're there is to research out in the field and collect, which the other games I think it's part of them, but they have so much else that they're doing, like Alex says, with the whole, like, 
competition aspect against other people and stuff and and a lot of that has just been stripped back to be like no no just go out and collect a shit ton of pokemon like there's always a reason to be collecting pokemon in this game because Mm -hmm. you will get something for you you'll level up because of it also you can toss i did not know you could do this you can toss out your entire pokemon party to look at them at once and interact with them here's here's a clip of somebody doing that Bunch of dumb Pokemon noises. And he's still got those 8-bit sounds. Yeah, why yeah. is that? Yeah. Why Why this nostalgia, nostalgia. for like the Game Boy? Yeah, it's the same Dragon Quest. It's like Dragon Quest is like... I, I think, yeah. like, I think yeah. the theme you're yeah. seeing here is that the Pokemon company was probably a little, little resistant to change because it figured its audience was. But, mm. you know, mm. its audience has probably gotten more diverse, and I think Pokemon Go is probably... Mm-hmm. I... Unlike some of y'all, I have been playing Pokemon since literally the beginning, and uh, I was big into it for a long time, and I-, I liked Pokemon Legends Arceus a lot. It's definitely in my my top ten. I think the wandering around the world, every time you got into a new region and you saw the new Pokemon to catch, was I felt my pupils dilating, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Yeah. Look at all of those Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah, the hoarder instinct that. kicks in. Like, oh, I got to get yeah. that one. I got to get that one. Do I have I, that I one yet? I'll catch it anyway. I wasn't joking earlier. Like, everything about these games is Pavlovian. It's meant to be a dopamine hit, even to the point where, Michael, you talked about the fireworks noise, but they give you that little moment of anticipation. Like, ah, is this fucker going to escape or are you going to get the fireworks noise? Give me them fireworks mm-hmm. noise. Come on. Like, it's it's all designed to, like, just little micro awards, just like Breath of the Wild, as Michael mentioned. It's like, yeah, just, there's a little something-something for you around every corner. Just keep playing. That's all you got to do. W- just keep playing. I would also say the thing that really, like, fucked me up the first time playing it was when you're in that first field and you see that giant-ass Rapidash and you yeah. get the concept of Alpha Pokemon. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you're just like, wait a minute. Wait, yes. what the? Like, that's a huge horse. And then, like <laughs> like you said, having that thing where you're in the village and then you're, you're in a village where people are legitimately afraid of Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just like, oh, cool. I'm going to unleash all my large Pokemon out and we're just going to walk around the city. Like, it, it's it's a great moment. But, like... Being chased down by a Snorlax that I see on the other side, and I, I don't even think of like, oh, he, it's not going to get mad at me. And I just creep up near it, and it's like level 47, and I have like my level 5, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Oshawa. And I'm like, oh, cool. I'm about to get fucking wrecked right now. <laughs> uh, it's, such like, it's such a really fun experience because like when you're in an overleveled part of Pokemon, like now it's just like, okay, well, I have to run. But like I think of like, oh, my Pokemon's faded. Oh, you're still coming after me. Cool. Like that's that's a really cool experience, you know. Yeah. It. it also leads it also leads with a lot of the elements that like I mean, for a really long time I used to make like videos every week about Pokemon, right? Like that was like literally my job was just video video video. So I'd look at these games from a very like granular perspective and I'm thinking about things like the characters and the world and asking questions like I you know, there was one game that was like every game is a parallel universe. All these like very, like, heady, sort of, like, comic book lore, sort of, like, the types of things people like to argue about in forums and stuff like that for fun. It's kind of leading with that this time and giving Mm. you a lot of stuff where if you know about Pokemon, or even if you specifically go back and play uh, the, the, uh, the Gen 4 remakes that came out, like, a couple months before, 
you're actually deep you're seeing like oh this character looks a lot like their relative in this other region and you're and you're seeing like oh like this person says who looks exactly like nurse joy says that they're going to go make a hospital after this or uh there's actually a quest that i did where you find the clue for how to do it in shining pearl where you go to the library in the future and read a book about the past and then you go back and you do that in the past and that's how you get the pokemon that's crazy <laughs> That never happens, and I think that's a f- totally fun thing about Pokemon that a lot of people who are familiar with the brand, maybe from you know the tr- the first wave of Pokemon when uh, you know it first came out and stuff, like something that was really unaddressed before for fans. It really just addresses these things that a lot of the fans find very important. That maybe if you're a neophyte to the genre to the games, you don't really like know about yet. You probably had to learn from like an iceberg video or something like that. And it's like, you know, it's a game that celebrates all those elements of Pokemon in a way that I don't think that people who've been following the game for years and years and years and years really have gotten to in, like, the forefront. You know, it's all about, like, theory videos before this. The thing I find interesting about this game is that it out-Pokemon the mainline games. I think Mm. it was a better game than Pokemon Scarlet and Violet in a lot I of did ways. Too. That's, well, that's why it made our list. That and we yeah. didn't get as far into Pokemon. It's, it's weird how this game felt kind of half-baked when it came out. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, a truly. proof of concept. Yeah. yeah. But it feels downright complete compared to Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Wow. Which is yeah. Yeah. the that's essence really the <laughs> essence of half-baked. Yeah. So, I, I, re- I really wish... I wonder what would have been if Pokemon Company would have went with just one, with either just fully into Arceus or fully into Scarlet and Violet, because I agree for the most part. I think Scarlet and Violet has such a tremendous story. Like, it's it's such a really good game. Somebody, I, I had a friend who made the point. It's like, despite everything I should not like about the game, I love it a lot because there's a lot of good in there. But, like, the glaring bad is really, really bad. And I think Arceus, for me, I really like that game. It's, like, in my top list, you know, of games uh, this year. But there's just something missing in it. And I don't think it's even, like, the the combat part of it. And I I think the story... I think also, like, the story has, like, a very... Like, it's a... Like, what's it, like, picks up at the end? It's just, like, kind of, like, it feels, like, totally, like, out of nowhere. Like, it's just, like, out of whack just a little bit. It's just, like... Uh, but other than that, the whole experience of just like experiencing the world of this is where I'm going to butcher. Is it Sweet? Because like who's like who's who's Sweet? Sweet? I don't know. Sweet? Yeah, yeah. I I haven't. I still haven't heard it actually said. So like, it's but like going and engaging in that world. It's so cool. And then also like the divergent evolutions because. Oh, they're just it's just I don't know it's really really good I really really enjoyed that game it captured the fantasy of being next to your Pokemon mm-hmm. yeah you yeah. know in a way that maybe Scarlet and Violet didn't yeah I didn't I, I didn't play it but it sounded like it did for the vision of Breath of the Wild the same thing for Pokemon like the thing that this was supposed to be walking around a place to capture and discover creatures not just battle 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 and evolve 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 and yeah I've only heard from like two legitimate children who like will don't like this game because they don't like breath of the wild so I mean, they exist I have plenty of criticisms that's, for it but i think awesome. that yeah as a proof of concept mm-hmm. i think it's a worthwhile path forward 
for the series. I don't want it to fully replace sure. what we've got already, but mm-hmm. I really enjoyed I would like them to integrate the catchy mechanics of Legends yes. Arceus into the main games. That's it was weird game. not to have to aim, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, well, it's also, it was kind of a shock going to Scarlet and, and trying to, like, oh, I can't throw Pokeballs from tall grass to catch Pokemon unaware anymore. Like, that's a little bit disappointing. I, right. I didn't like to see that mechanic go. It's lamentable, like, something about Game Freak that I find that's really, like, cool, but also kind of, like, lamentable is, like, they are so true to their ideas of, like, new blood, always just, like, going in, you know, hard, elevating lower people to higher places in management. Like, mm-hmm. you know, really, like, educating their their people about what it's like to, like, make games in the Pokemon world and stuff like that. And I think that's why, mechanically, their games are always so strong. Like, you know, even Scarlet and Violet, which is, uh, ob- like, like Kat was saying, just, like, absolutely a mess. Like, the fundamentals are so strong, and, and a lot of the things that, you know, they needed to address for a long time about the game, they finally started addressing. But, uh, you know, Legends Arceus is the same way, where, like, you're right, when it came out, it felt real, like, I don't even understand why there's battling in the game fully. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really understand why they even mm. tried. But mm. I but going back with fresh eyes after playing Scarlet and Violet and realizing that their goal was not to replace the very, like, simple turn-based you know, game, and, you know, that's something that was a relief to me as, like, a person who loves to compete and play Pokemon at that level of, like, you know, an eSport, you know, that that's still there, but, like, you know, going back to Legends Arceus and seeing, like, oh, they've reduced it to something that's, like, grokkable, like, you know, your generic Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest type of battling. It's just sort of, like, another thing. They don't want you to hold on to Pokemon um, for a long time, necessarily, and spend a lot of time investing a lot of effort into making one perfect they just kind of want you to uh go around it's a mission it's literally a mission from god in this game mm-hmm. rather than an old man yep. with a computer like i don't know i think that's really neat but uh that's the thing about game freak that's kind of rough is that because of that willingness to always jump into new places keeps them sharp on one end and always makes it hard for them to look cutting edge on the other i want to talk briefly about one of my favorite parts of this game <laughs> I'm very impressed with what they did with the mounts. Just these instantly summonable creatures. And and it kind of helps expand your understanding of the world. That as you get these things like, here's the thing that helps you go really fast across hills. Here's the thing that lets you go across water. Here's the, the braviary that flies. And uh, you, you can now just access all of the, the land. And here's another thing that climbs mountains. Why not? I, mm-hmm. I, I like that versatility mm-hmm. and the fact that you can just insta-swap between them. I, I love that it also serves as an origin for the notion of doing that with Pokemon mm-hmm. in the first place in the world of Pokemon. I think that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I also like, <laughs> again, not to shit on Scarlet and Violet, a game I really like, but like, it no, also let's makes like shit on <laughs> Scarlet and Violet some more. <laughs> but it also makes like the whole thing of like Scarlet and Violet doing that, like, oh, you always have like a right Pokemon with you and it you can see the flaws when you go back to like to how it was worked in, you know, Legend Arceus and it it just seemed like it it flowed a lot better. And it was just like and I'm just like, man, I really wish this <laughs> felt better. I don't know, like I said, I I, I really would have loved if 
both those games were combined, and even if we waited like another year to get a, a Pokemon game that was both of these, just because like just design, just design wise, like there are so many things that are really cool. Like I really like, and I, I get like they have like the the Titan battles in Scarlet and Violet, but like it is, it still feels different than actually doing like the Lord battles because I thought those were very like innovative. And like doing it, doing a doing a Pokemon like boss fight, mm-hmm. completely different. That had like elements almost of like Monster Hunter because you're doing specific things and then using that with the battling. I thought that was very intriguing. So I don't yeah. know. Like it, there was just I thought I, that was, was the most really half-picked cool part of the game myself. But the boss fights, um, and, yeah, uh, in Scarlet and Violet. Uh, oh, oh, I thought you meant. Oh. It. Um, no, actually, in Legends Arceus as well. Like. The, the strange action game aspect of it. Yeah. It was just like throw this thing at this Pokemon until yeah. it's done. Yeah. That, that was it. That I, was... I have a sound effect for that. The music in this game is pretty good. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both of them actually have really good. Like the music never never lacks in Pokemon. They always become. They serve the hits. Yeah. yeah. As as a Pokemon noob, well, but someone who loves his Nintendo stuff, what is the likelihood Nintendo could even follow this up fast? It it was a much larger experience than I was expecting, and I wasn't expecting to play this at all. Now and now I'm interested. I mean, it it was weird that this came out the same year as another mainline Pokemon yeah. game. And it's even weirder that the spin-off is arguably much better than the mainline Pokemon game. I don't think you can discount the impact of the pandemic. Mm. Mm. Which, yeah. if you go back to when Sword and Shield came out, I think it was 2019 when those games were released. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure they were doing pre-production on this around that time. But I'm sure they wanted to go big with their next games on the Nintendo Switch. And then they walked right into the teeth of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And we all know, like, we're only just yeah. starting to see yep. the impact that has had on everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's mm-hmm. why so many games got pushed to 2023. So mm-hmm. I have no doubt that is why Legends Arceus and Scarlet and Violet were released the same year. And of course, as we know, you can't delay a Pokemon game. No. Because the merchandising machine is ever spinning. It is ever turning. So you 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 cancel, you delay the game. That gums up the works. Mm-hmm. So those games were coming out. Yeah, no, the marketing <laughs> yeah. deals are all in place. Just, People are going to know well, with I, the new Pokemon. They just retired Ash Ketchum. I, they have. They got I was, to. But I was just thinking as some as uh, Pokemon spinoffs come out pretty inconsistently, and this seems like a much larger spinoff. Can it coexist on a regular schedule with the mainline Pokemon games? Meh. I don't know. I mean, I think it could. I don't think it's worth discounting how connected it is to the remakes that came out like a few months before it too. Oh. Like I think like a big part of the reason why these games came out the way they did because that's the other thing that's so weird. First you got the remake that came out in November, mm-hmm. and then in January you got this, and now mm-hmm. in November mm-hmm. again you got another. I think it was in what was it October November? When did it come out? I don't know. I'm uh, old. Uh, October. October? No, November. No, it was Violet. Scarlet Violet was November. Yeah. 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 So that that's insane. But uh, yeah, I I don't know. I I think maybe that this is sort of their sort of innovation that they always try and do with those in between years where they do you know they try to zig when we expect them to zag sometimes and I don't know how I think you know maybe the decision was made to jump over to Unreal and so this was like the 
sort of beta, but I, I don't. The, the, how did it turn out better than Scarlet and Violet? I don't know. Well, I mean, I guess the difference is like when you tried to make the wild area one whole game and, and haven't really nailed that down yet. You kind of well, once a full a, open world game, game. <laughs> yeah, with mm. notable online hooks, and one is a zone game without notable online hooks. Mm-hmm. I think there's your answer. Yeah, I think you're mm-hmm. probably right about that. It's also strange because you know, from a from a game design level, one game has mechanics that are like basically iterative of each other, like Call of Duty or something, and then the other one, everything was fresh. Every single thing was rethought and readdressed, which was just such a breath of fresh air, breath of wild fresh air, even. <laughs> yeah, the combat, which we didn't talk about, like doing that slight change of like the strong smile and the swift style, like affecting like and that's the reason why you couldn't do like battles because like there's so many things going into it but like it felt really fresh and brand new because it's like playing a, a different rpg and that yeah, was i really, really didn't really care rad. for it <laughs> yeah, so well but it almost just didn't even it felt like vestigial didn't it like it just it was too yeah. simple yeah they put I, like the, i loved the catching yeah. but the battling it was the flow it was the flow of it because mm. i i'm so conditioned from playing pokemon especially competitive pokemon to playing like I kill the guy, I'm getting momentum up, and that in this so it always wrong footed me when a new Pokemon would come out and they would just instantaneously kill me. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, right? And so um, it felt like Rock'em Sock'em Robots, but with Pokemon. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, I I know I've gotten <laughs> I got waylaid by like an alpha. It's like, oh, you just got three turns, cool, 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 cool. Love this, love being here, but oh, yeah. I don't know it's. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting game. It's a good game. Yeah. So what do we think is going to happen in the future? Do we think this is going to be a new spin-off genre for them? Like, I'll take this over fucking Mystery Dungeon I mean, every that, day of the week. That don't, uh, don't. colon subtitle thing says to me that they're planning to turn this into its own series. We're going to see more Pokemon Legends games. In Pokemon the world. So, Legends Indigo. Yeah, no. I, I mean, <laughs> the, the question would be, it's like, Lore-wise, would it make sense for any other region to do that, right? Like, Sinnoh is such a very specific thing because it has so much to do with time and space. And it is, like, those those fourth-gen games are so very, like, tied into the lore of, like, where this past was. And, you know, with Arceus and Palkia and Dialga and Giratina. Like, you have all this thing going into it. Like, is there a region that is, like, that rich where you Jodo. could do, like, lore? That would be, like, Jota would be it. Especially, Ruby, like, when you... Uh, Hoenn, definitely. Do you need that? Or could you just throw these mechanics in any region and be like, just go off and collect Pokemon the way that you did in Arceus Legend? But <clears throat> Legend I think Arceus. the 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 thing that ties in is just, like, it being, like, kind of a different thing. Because, like, it is building... Into, like, like catching is cool, but, like, I don't know. Like, having that story around it was what made it interesting. I think the past element is linked to the setting more than anything yeah. else. Mm-hmm. I think that if they do another Legends game, you know, it could be set in the future. You could go down into the Space Crater and do... You know, they just literally did a game about the past and the future. True. Like, it wouldn't be a surprise if the Unova one goes into the future and it's, like, a scathing criticism of capitalism in its late stages. <laughs> That'd be fun. My own take is that, yes, absolutely, of course, they will be making a sequel because this game was one of the best-selling Pokemon games ever. Really? Yeah, like, yeah. it was crazy how well it was doing at the huh. beginning of the year. And the only reason that Legends Arceus discourse ended was because Elden Ring came out. Yes. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. they're going to do it. They know they got something here. Mm. They've got some stuff to think about for oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. 
I just wish they year. would get on like a little bit more of a spaced out release schedule. And I know they can't because of the merchandise machine stuff Kat mentioned, but it's like, okay, they're clearly doing the remake line, right? Like the brilliant diamond stuff. They're, they do the mainline games those. And then you could have like a thing like this. So you could, you could have like a three year rotation of these games and, I think I'd be fine with that, but there are times where it's just like, okay, we got we got a, a photo Pokemon game coming up. There's so much Pokemon that it's just a little too much. You Bring know? back so hey, you Pikachu. We only got two Pokemon snaps. Don't 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 come for Pokemon snap like that. <laughs> <laughs> did you play the second one for very long? I did. I. You want me to pull out the case? No. You want me to do this, nope, Matthew? Really I don't. love that game. <laughs> don't want to do, do that. that. No, because we should wind this down because, hey, guess what? We're at the end of this week's countdown. All right, so that is the first five of our top 10 games of the year list, 10 through 6. You'll have to wait till next week to get 5 through 1. But for now, we do not have new releases or news this week, but we do have our community segment, which is always is segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week, as you might remember, was what game got robbed during the game awards the keelys yeah the keelys the dorito popes uh (laughs) first first responder on the website was trick the tm who says tmnt shredders revenge should have won best multiplayer reviving the spirit of kids chuck e cheese parties was a hard task and that game pulled it off really well Ooh. What did win that category? Was that um, Splatoon? Splatoon. Splatoon. Yeah. Yick. What? What? Come on. What do you got against Splatoon? Dude. I mean, it's great, but that's it's like no the TMNT. least competent live game that exists. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? No. Like, uh, I like Splatoon. I don't know. It's I'm not anti Splatoon. I love the, this one more than any other entry. But if you want to play yeah. a live game, you're playing on the wrong platform. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I get, but I, I like. His answer in that, like, yeah, for me, my personal yes. uh, multiplayer preference is co-op. And TMNT did co-op better than anyone else this year. Yeah, I love credit. that Dan Amrick chimed in with Hell yeah. something what do you have to say? not so negative. Horizon, Forza Horizon 5, which was exactly. ineligible last year because it came out too late, in quotes, uh, on November 9th. But this year, God of War was eligible because it came out on November 9th. Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> console bias. Console bias. Uh, it's important to remember like one of the weirdest things the pandemic did was made people care about racing games I'll be bringing that up later I've always cared about them me too Matt I'm with you I'm with you but guess who didn't on the show Michael me well and if I don't know like it's weird because like other than the Forza series I don't know that people do care about racing games because Need for Speed they do but they're they're on sale like a week after it launched they're a silent majority we don't hear from the Project Mm. Cars people or People who are like what? Oh. What happened to dirt in test drive? Uh, they still happen every year. It's like those F one games. Like EA, remember bought Codemasters yeah. for those F one games. Mm-hmm. Why does Capcom still people... make MotoGP? What's wrong with the world? I just woke up after a ten year coma. <laughs> Bruce Wayne Brady, friend of the show, Twitter. Anthony yeah. Abbott. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did he appear on this week's episode? He, he must may have. have. Yes. Uh, Sifu for best indie art direction. And even though I enjoyed Bayonetta 3's combat, best action game as well. I think it should have been nominated for Goaty instead of Stray. But I know that cats rule the internet. It's, it's true. They anything do. should have been nominated instead of Stray. <laughs> so anyway. And at you old so-and-so on Twitter, Klonoa Fantasy Reverie series was robbed. 
at the Game Awards mm. and everywhere else because even I forgot it came out <laughs> and forgot to nominate it for Best Remaster in the previous Question of the Week, wow. where it actually belongs, mostly because I didn't play it. But I think he, he Jedi mind tricked us on this yeah. one. He just snuck in the last week's Question yeah, of the Week. But I too. did play the Wii remake of the first Klonoa, and it was charming, and I've been looking for an easy way to play Klonoa 2, and now it's here. And like so many other long-wished-for re-releases and translations of the last couple years, it sits in my queue forever. Mm. Anyway, I just wanted to remind people, including myself, that it happened. Also, that the Klonoa GBA games are still up on the Wii U eShop for about three more months. Uh, no, they're not. You cannot <laughs> buy anything download, on the Wii U yeah, yeah, yeah. eShop. Uh, yeah, if you already own them, you can download them. But you can no yeah, but he tricked me. Anything on. He has nested comments on this one. I, I yeah, thought he, it was done. He did. He did. But why do that? That's like all. ordering a cameo from James Earl Jones. Like, <laughs> you're probably never going to get it. Uh, let's see. Mr. Project, a.k.a. at Alan L. Matthews, says Vampire Survivors and Atari 50th uh, should have both been up for Game of the Year. I agree. Hmm. Atari 50th is, is one of the things I, I intend to tear through during the break. So I... yeah, Atari Atari 50th was, yeah, it's you know a remaster and all, but man, it is an incredible project and it deserves recognition. Like there's new games on there. There's a ton of content. It's an interactive old games, game. documentaries, just even if, I, if, yeah. if you do not care about playing any of these games, if you are at all interested in game history, this is like the best coffee table book you can play. And, on and, and unlike spot. old DVDs of black and white shit, I think the games took up like... <laughs> Less than a quarter of the new content. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and this is my only chance to plug it since we don't have new releases. Uh, Digital Eclipse, man, they, they keep knocking it out of the park. They released another one of their free games just in time for the holidays where if you are a subscriber to their email database, and I think you can still go sign up and you might get this, they released a game called Jolly Ball, which is a Christmas-themed volleyball game that is like... It's it's on par with like Super Dodgeball wow. in terms of the gameplay present wow. here, and it's free, and it's 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 really neat thing that you basically get a Steam code, and I was playing it, and I was like, this is a very fun game of volleyball, yeah. <laughs> like hell yeah, hell yeah, yeah, they they're masters of their craft for sure. Yeah. Uh, Apathetic Mocha on Twitter says uh, Xenoblade Chronicles three uh, for at least score and music, if not best RPG. I consider Eldering more of an action game than an RPG, so. Mm-hmm. Every game's an RPG now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. Am that's I true. playing a role in a game? Of... <laughs> no. uh, yeah. They all have skill trees, but um, I'm sorry, sir. Sonic Frontiers soundtrack is better than Xenoblade Chronicles mm. 3. Just... That does it for last question of the week. New question of the week. What is your personal game of the year for 2022? Take it away, guests. Anthony Abbott, what is your personal game of the year? My game of the year for 2022 is Elden Ring. And, you know, I know it's probably not a surprise that that's for many people, but I'm uh, a lot newer to the Souls games. I tried Demon's Souls way back when it came out, played for two hours, said it wasn't for me. A friend of mine got me into Bloodborne a couple of years ago, and I was like, okay, I played with them, Got me into it, and then slowly started playing through Dark Souls 1 and 3. I skipped over 2. Getting ready for Elden Ring. Don't miss out on 2. 2 is good. Don't let. Don't I'm, listen to people on 2. 2 is good. I'm going to go back to it. going to go back to it. But Elden Ring, uh, I jumped into day 1, and I can't remember the last time I, I dropped a quick 75 hours into a game. Wow. Um, and then eventually 100. and I've got 100 and haven't even beaten the game still. Wow. But, uh, I love the fact that you can play it like other Souls games, or if you get stuck somewhere, you can just go do anything else. 
because you have a lot of options and I love how many things there are in that world to explore so uh, Elden Ring for me it's 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 the one for the year nice cool and where again can people find you you can find me on Twitter talking about movies games all these things uh, at Bruce Wayne Brady also at Twitch streaming a little bit of everything from fighting games to uh, platformers and just anything whatever is going on with me that week but yeah Twitch or Twitter at Bruce Wayne Brady Sweet. Well, thanks again for doing the show. And T.L. Foster, what is your personal game of the year? I'm going to be a, a pretentious little shit and say yes. <laughs> my game was Citizen uh, Sleeper. Uh, Citizen Sleeper is a uh, kind of I, like... I, I slept on that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people did. And it didn't... Uh-huh. It didn't touch... It didn't, <laughs> it didn't reach anybody else, but it, 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 it I loved it. it. It is a... Basically, it is a... A digital board game, tabletop game, uh, that is on Game Pass, but it's not relatively expensive. But you're basically playing, like, a a construct who has been brought back to life on this orbit, and you're kind of, like, trying to build this area out and expanding the world out. Um, It is the tabletop, like, role-playing stuff that I love. The art is uh, tremendous. Um, I think I started it one night at, like, 10 o'clock in the morning and then played until, like, nine the next the next morning so like i loved it it made me cry big tears so that's my pretentious answer i love since sleeper it is a tremendous game for me and where again can people find you you can find me on my website i have a website what? now uh Ooh. welcome to the thing podcast.com uh where you can listen to my podcast welcome to the thing uh that i do with jared green and emmett watkins jr we have podcast episodes. We have tremendous clips that are done by Anthony. By the way, I want to give him his flowers. He does a great job. So tune in. Give it a spin. It's a fun show. Well, thank you again for, for doing the show. Chris Baker, what is your personal game of the year? My personal game of the year, I'm almost ashamed to admit. But, you know, if I'm keeping it real with myself, you know, I played a lot of the Lego Star Wars like we talked about. Played a lot of El- it is. Elden Ring. It's Marvel Snap. Mm. Oh. Mm. Well, you and a lot I've, of other people. Yeah, it's nothing to be I have been about. hopelessly addicted to this game ever since it came out. And I probably, it doesn't seem like it because the games are so short and, you know, uh, everything goes by so fast. But, and you can play it wherever. I've, I probably play a couple hours a day on average. Wow. wow. And you're in deep. The thing is, too, is like, I played so much and I'm such a Marvel fan that there's like things that actually kind of bug me about it. Like I wish like stuff like, you know, using blade to kill apocalypse to make him stronger. wasn't like so common and like, <laughs> a thing that happens like constantly it's just happens. Dumb. Uh, <laughs> you know, th- there is occasional like team up stuff like uh moon girl and devil dinosaur, devil dinosaur. Those, those together. It works. But yeah, I wish there were more like kind of team bish like X-Men Play with X-Men and, and you'll do something, you'll get some kind of bonus or something like that. I feel like there will be uh, and there's some weird... I wish there was a story. I yeah. Wish there... mm. the, the trailers actually make it look like it was going to have a story. But Dude, I, I wish that at the very least, like, these are cards. Like, Marvel cards opened up the Marvel Universe to me. Put some info mm-hmm. in the back, man. What's the, what the yes, hell? That's yeah, the that's, thing. yeah, that'd be great. Couldn't you do that? Just a, a line about who the character is. Who yeah. is Arrow? I have no yeah, idea. I, who is I, I'm not ashamed to say it now, too. Like... There's a couple <laughs> characters in here like, who the fuck is this? Like, I, I've been reading Marvel Sword Comics Master. for years, years. <laughs> I have no idea who this is. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, it's it's really addicting that the, the card game, you know, if it was like My Little Pony or something, it'd be a great card game. Yeah. You know, nothing against My Little Pony, but I have no interest in that IP. 
Uh, it would still be very fun to play. Every game is different. Right now I have a Mr. Negative-based uh, deck Ooh. that I don't really see anybody else using. And when it works, it works really, really well. When it doesn't, it's still competitive. So yeah, th- that is my choice, uh, Marvel Snap. Oh, snap. You're not the only one. Once again, where can people find you? People can find me on Twitter at CBig76. On the YouTubes, just type in superhero.vg. That'll get you to my channel about superhero video games. And yeah, those are the the main things right now. And the Willow Podcast is called Willow Talk. Look up Willow Talk on your podcasting app of choice. Cool. Well, thank you again for joining us. Thanks. And Alex Fasciani, what is your personal game of the year for 2022? I got to say, my personal game, like, genuinely surprised me i bought it purely based off almost just like a memorable press conference uh it was uh it's it's ghostwire tokyo oh wow i yeah i picked this game up uh just pretty much sight unseen because it's from tango Mm -hmm. uh and i really enjoy the evil within games I, i i think that i think that this game uh just looked interesting to me as somebody who uh watches a lot of uh 4k walking videos in japan yeah yeah i don't know if anybody can vibe with me on that but yeah I'm sure no somebody I, out there... I think it's it's like right up there with the the later yakuza and judgment games for like just go into first person and just walk around and do some virtual tourism like mm-hmm. it's so yeah. beautifully detailed i love it yeah absolutely and you go in there and you're thinking you're gonna walk into sort of like Something kind of akin to maybe the Evil Within Two, like a sort of like open world horror-y kind of experience, and it kind of is, but it's kind of just like a fun like. Uh, there's that game um, that Ebert liked on Mac back in the day. I forget what it's called. The Cosmology it's like, of Kyoto. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, that's review. the one. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. And it's like just kind of like a slice of life in mm-hmm. like a time period and a place, and they kind of freeze the world, and you kind of look at it. And there's a lot of stuff to read, and it's very like richly detailed uh japanese lore there's like this kind of wacky like frighteners ghostbusters-esque story that's like really kind of fresh and fun there's this very strange sort of like um like platforming puzzle kind of vibe to it it feels abandoned it feels haunted uh it's not a good video game (laughs) (laughs) like I, i don't think like i don't think i would say that this game probably is going to get a lot of tens but it's really, really great to hang out in. It's really, really great to fly around in. I like to leave it on pause in my house. I like that the shopkeepers are cats mm. with many tails. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, there's great. just there's just a lot of stuff. There's just a lot of stuff about this game that hit me in a way like I uh, there's no precedent for this. I don't know. It reminds me of like um, Mac and X for Sega Dreamcast or something. I don't oh, even wow. know. It's <laughs> it's such a weird freaking video game yep. and. More than more than me trying to go to bat for it as like this excellent thing, I just want you to, if you're listening to this, maybe consider downloading it and playing it if the stakes are low enough. That's what I think. It's it's got a loop, man. I, I know mm-hmm. exactly what you're talking about. I've just like, yeah, all the elements don't quite mesh exactly. It's a nothing the way burger. They should, yeah, it's a yeah. nothing burger. <laughs> but it's like it's like while you're playing it, that loop of like, oh, I I just found a floating group of ghosts that i'm gonna suck up their essence and then fucking upload it to some payphone for some reason like it's just it's got this really cool loop that i yeah it was weird while i was playing that game i couldn't think of anything else but playing that game and then once i kind of turned out of it i'm like all right i gotta go play some other shit but like while i was playing it it's it's a it is a vibe as i have heard alex say on podcasts in the past i talk like a young person but i'm not (laughs) 
All right. Well, thanks, Alex. And where can people find you once again? Uh, you can find me on t- Twitter, if that if that's cool to say anymore. Find me uh, on uh, Twitter know. at Facianier. Find me at Facianier everywhere. Find me uh, at Chuminati Podcast. Uh, find me on Super Beard Bros. Uh, and please go listen to my uh, 1971 Christmas album, it, uh, Country Christmas. Uh, I put it out one <laughs> one out every year. I made it with my cousin. It's fantastic. It's better than you think it is. Go listen to it. See you later. Nice. All right. Well, nice. thanks again for doing the show. So we will get into our personal Game of the Year answers along with those of Tony Wilson and Cat Bailey on next week's show. For now, let's go out with some quick As plugs. well as our ordering uh, of the list on patreon.com slash yes. laser time. Yeah. Well, there's plug number one. Yeah. yeah here we go. And uh, Dark Crystal... Sick of Star Wars, patreon.com slash laser time. Thanks for listening. 30 2010, yeah. really fun. Uh, next week will be uh, our recap of the year and what we think is is the best of our recommendations. And yeah, let us know what your personal game of the year is. Also, go to vidgigameapocalypse.com, answer in the comments for episode 503. Alternately, you can visit us on the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer, or you can ping us on Twitter at vgapocalypse. And we will we will actually read the entries when we get back in the new year. Yeah, come on! But uh, I'm trying yeah. to enjoy what's left of my family. <laughs> <laughs> what's left of them? <laughs> Jesus! All right. Well, as always, you can visit us online at vigigameapocalypse.com. Follow us on Twitter at vgapocalypse. Follow me personally on Twitter at wikiparaz. That's w i k i p a r a z. That's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Happy holidays, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, I don't know. I like I you know, I want to give it up to do is this where we bring up what we've knocked off the list? I, I don't know. Like uh I, I wouldn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you wanted to. I, I don't know why we would. Okay, I I guess we'll do that in the um the Patreon section. Sorry everyone, Michael has spoken. Patreon.com slash laser time. <laughs>